Off the Hazel, powered by Golden Tea. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 31 of Off the Hosel, a Patrick Cantley podcast as he is number 31 on the FedEx Cup rankings. I'm joined as always by my brother and co-host, Troy McClurkoser. Hey-oh! Oh, that was long overdue, we'll say. It's been a while, Troy. Um, not in house today is the Reverend Dan. Reverend Dan is not in the house today, but he actually is on the podcast today as you Took a little uh, sub out last uh, last podcast. Yes, yes, I did. I had a personal thing I had to take care of, so I appreciate the Reverend stepping into the old co-host seat. And uh, yeah, that's what guys like the Reverend do. They just take up. I don't know. What are they? They just do good deeds. Yeah, the and Reverend. Actually, it's kind of weird because Berkey was giving a hard time about Sundays only working. Well, he actually came in off a of Sunday. He did. Yeah, we. Uh, well, actually, we were both. Uh, yeah, we'll move on. We had a lot of fun, though, with uh, <laughs> with our guest, and yeah, um, we put up a tweet. Actually, no, we'll go right to our weekend. How was your weekend? How are you? What's going on? We got the golf this weekend, though. Yeah, we did get the golf. Yeah, me, you, dad, and a uh, friend of the show, Tyrone, came out. Tyrone. Played... Uh, Say like that, Tyrone. Tyrone. <laughs> Played JC, right? Was that? Oh, no. The JGC. JGC. The Joanne Goulet golf course. J. G G C. Yeah, there we go. Joanne Goulet Golf Course. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I need some work. I'm sure our our listeners or our followers <laughs> or our social media might have seen me put one in the blank and water. <laughs> I oops. We had um, that was a lot of fun. I mean, we got to play a course that I grew up on playing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you played there tons That's when you were growing up. Where my membership was when I was a youngin. And the last time I played there was a year ago and then after that i haven't played there in so long obviously being at the royal but getting out there and playing i mean i just will just go right to me and then we'll go back to you but it was funny because like i drove the first two greens i passed the green. overdrove yeah so i mean whatever but i was bogey free until 17 yep and i think i've played bogey free once in my life is at the royal 68 was pretty impressed but i was actually like i don't give a shit what course it is whether it's a par three course or a par, whatever it is, going birdie free is very impressive. Well, you know what's really impressive? I went birdie free. <laughs> <laughs> you had shut out? No, I, was, I tried to do that. I wanted to play bogey golf, and I did that successfully, <laughs> especially with the seven. And well, let dad, well, you know, for a guy that's uh, pushing. How old is dad, anyways? Maybe 65, five. I don't know. He's going to be getting his check pretty soon and his cheap coffee <laughs> at A&W. But, I mean, guy, for a guy that doesn't play golf much. Still Probably the last time, first time in 444 days. Yeah. And he swung the club pretty damn good, except hole seven. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed, and I oh, laughed. And God. Tyrone was like, God, it must be nice to have that kind of money to lose all those golf balls. Well, yeah, he was stealing mine off the cart. But he just kept grabbing vice and vice and play, all my good ball and just kept taking them off the cart. I'm like, but he finished in a good way because he teeny part. Well, yeah, because we made the turn. He grabbed a few bevies and he was just lights out. He uses Tommy Armor. Yeah. There's a free ad there for Tommy Armor golf ball. 
And he didn't lose it in the back nine holes. And I think he was, what, 44 to the back nine, maybe? Something like that. I don't know. Anyways, it was fun altogether. And uh, Here, yeah. quickly, I want to ask you, what do you, as an amateur golfer, that plays quite frequently, I'd say, do you have to do in order to be better? I know one answer ready for you. I got one. Putt, drive. No, my short game's good, and you even know that. My 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 fifty-eight, sixty-degree wedge game is like for me. Yeah. And most, that's probably the best part of my game. Uh, the driver, man. I like I put it away after whole freaking. Well, I only use it five times out there, but I didn't <laughs> use it all back nine. I, I had enough of it. Yeah, I would just say honestly, like it just and I've even when I was younger playing, and I've learned from Dino and them. Guys are like, hey, you got to be, get out of your own head. And, and you just get frustrated sometimes. I mean, and that's because you don't practice ever, though. When yeah. was the last time you've been to a driving range and you just worked on your, worked on your game? Well, I took Jill there a month ago. Or no, but worked on your game, yeah, though. Yeah, no. So I, that's where it comes into, like, hey, like, look, Dad was at the range at 6 a.m. Like, there's no chance we're running that early. I know. He texted me at 6.15. I'm like, <laughs> dude, we don't tee off till 8.50. Leave me alone. But, no, again, yeah, it was, it was a good, good round. We had some fun. Um, rest of the weekend for myself. Oh, more interesting stuff. Had a flat tire, had a washing machine breakdown. You know, life's just been kind of crazy in our household. Um, wife's recovering from surgery. She's doing well. So it was pretty quiet around the house. You, what'd you get up to? Uh, not a whole, I mean, I played golf Friday. Then played with you guys on Sunday. I was at a pool party on Sunday afternoon, I guess, after a round of golf and had some fun with some friends. And I mean, I haven't seen... I, I don't see all my friends all the time. I mean, as much as I used to, so it's good to see them again. And then that's what happens when you get older, bud. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun though. So I, I mean, pool party. I mean, me and uh, the son don't get along too well. So I was in the pool for about eight minutes and then sat in the shade for three hours because, yeah, like, right on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but let's move on now. We did put up a poll just before we started recording. Uh, obviously, we are recording Tuesday night uh, for the Wednesday podcast launch, as is today. So. We put up a post. What are some topics uh, to talk about? And SAS Golf PGA was one of them. NHL Sports, other got 2.1%. SAS Golf got 14.6%. Sports and NHL 8.3%. And the topic of discussion that went bananas on Twitter land the other day Aspen Links Golf Course. Formerly known as Emerald Park. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you go first. Go ahead. Don't, don't want to knock people or anything but my god that picture on twitter i i i i'd go play westphalia and you don't even know where, where I, play, I played once there like did you see the green you see the fairway oh i know but the green where the I thought, cup the, I thought the craig was bad and and you know at one time you're too young to remember this uh dad did a lot of work on the, when they expanded from 18 to 27 holes and i mean i'm going back 20 25 years ago uh dad did a lot of work on the course I didn't pay for golf out there. He had a, uh, they had basically free lifetime membership out there. So yeah. I played a lot of golf. And Emerald Park was one of the top golf courses around Regina to play. And they had 27, didn't they? 27 holes they had. And you know what? That clubhouse burnt down, I don't know how many years ago. I know it did. And I don't know if it's new owners, but well, like, I, I'm going to say it and chastise me if you want. But whoever is in running that, that golf uh, course really needs to take a look and figure some stuff out because I know that the course is still charging a certain amount of money that now that I know how much they are, I would never play it. I would not support that place one bit. And if I'm a, if I'm a member 
or someone that lives in Emerald Park or White City area that's playing that golf course, I don't know why they're not saying something because that's it's atrocious. That like that's there's there's I, no I think, reason. I think for Sean McNall said it on Twitter that this was the best year to grow grass. I, I believe it was Sean. I, I have to go look. But yeah, what are you guys doing out there? So I want to chime in and just we we went to play golf on Sunday. We couldn't find anywhere, anywhere to play. We said Aspen Lakes. Yeah, it's cool. Thank God we didn't go. Now, wh- wh- what I want to just mention is we, we started this golf podcast to talk about and pump up Saskatchewan courses in Saskatchewan. Okay? Yeah, we've, we've had on some NHL guys to talk about whatever, this and that. But the idea of this is to talk about Saskatchewan golf courses, pump up the courses, the players. Out there, like there's, there, there's I, I won't be going out there. No. Even if they said, come out here and play. Because you know what? That is, there's not enough nice courses in let's just sorry we're we're to um what's the word localize localize it out of regina we'll say good courses that people have the chance to come through uh, you know here for a weekend where are we playing golf it's you know the royal the wascana the deer valleys the tour of the murray did i miss anything i don't know but like that should be a course you have a great you know you're growing to emerald city at some point here and 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 that's the maintenance you do out there it sickens me because they like there's no there's no care in the world. You're, you still haven't even tried to build a clubhouse. They're out of a camper. And and, and if they want to call in, great, and, and let's talk about it. But they got to figure the fucking shit out because that is embarrassing. And I found out it's $60 to play golf with there. Yeah, and I was just going to say they, they should be embarrassed. And again, I'm not out to, to uh, what's the word nowadays, shame anybody. I'm not, I'm not out there to shame anybody. But when we're getting pictures and content from our listeners – and they're they're saying what is going on out there? Yeah, we got to bring it up. And then of course, you know, you 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 put up that poll, and that's all people want to talk about. Um, again, don't shoot the messenger. We're just bringing this up. Yeah, we have a voice. Yeah, yeah, we play golf. Did we want to go out there and play? Absolutely. Will we? Nope. And solely factors because of the maintenance. I mean, you don't play the Royal. Yeah, you don't play the the Wastani, You don't play all these courses around here. You don't play in PA. You don't play in Sast. All these courses are doing something. Whether it's, you know, they, they have one green down, well, they're going to build a fake green for the for the time being. Uh, they're replacing dip. You know what I mean? They're just doing extra work. That or don't charge 60 bucks around. Say, hey, you know what? 20 bucks, cart included, golf all day. Right? I, I'm sorry. It's I've been taking my wife to that Lakeview Par 3 in the South End. It's, yeah. it's a Par 3 golf course. It's 12 bucks. I'd spend $12 there any day before going out to Aspen Links. That being said... Who knows? Maybe they're going to get their stuff together and start fixing it up. But until they do, I'm not going there. Now, quickly, before we move on here, what would you, as an amateur golfer, as, you know, Regina close and area person, would you rip it up and build a new one outside? Or, you know, are, are there landowners coming and take over? What would you do? Because there's, like I said, there's not a lot of good... Or not, not a lot of courses around here that we can go play. Well, it's sad because, like I said, 20 years ago, they had 27 beautiful golf holes out there. And I could justify back then spending 65 bucks around. Yeah. I don't know if you can just tear it down and restart. I just think you have to have some owners that care and want to make some money. Um, be proud of it. And be proud of it. I mean, all kidding aside, Drew, and maybe we'll throw the picture up on our Facebook page. I don't know, or on our, on our social media pages. But if I'm out there golfing that hole... And I put it in the hole that's not the hole. What happens? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They had the hole at the flag stick. 
15 yards away, they had another hole cut that was kind of filled in, you know, a little bit. Half-assed. So what happens there? Do I, do, do, does that count? <laughs> you know? It, like, like there's just no, there's nowhere to justify, like, like, I mean, even that plate, like, I saw one of the photos, it looked like they were playing uh, Carnoustie, and, the, and no no disrespect to their course, but it looked like it was playing the, a British Open. You just run a two-iron down there. Yeah. And it's the middle, or sorry, the early auditor now. Like, come on. I mean, it's always been a link-style golf course. I know that. I but get I mean, that. That's, that's, you man, gotta I'm, I'm sounding like a hard-ass here, but it's unacceptable. It's it really, it, just because I played that course back when it was Emerald Park, and it used to be a beautiful golf yeah. course. And then, again find out 60 bucks to go play there not a chance and again if if if, if anybody has a beef with us sorry but you know uh or if you want to talk con- about it contact us yeah. i mean anyways that's and that's my my yeah. 10 cents worth i mean there, so. i don't know if you're living out there and, and you pay your your town tax i don't know how it is on town or whatever it is and you pay taxes and you, you do have a voice so, i mean why not bring it up and you know see what happens i mean i don't know i mean i'm 24 and i pay my city taxes that that's is what it is well you know what well i was gonna say I, I, i'm sorry you did have topics of discussion on there so i it comes up kind of yeah in correlation but had you won the oilers 50 50 last night maybe you could have made an offer and bought that golf course did you see what the 50 50 was last night the oilers game was the it take home prize one night what was the first game wasn't it like wasn't as much as last night what was ser- it? well their servers crashed on the first oh. game so last night's 50 50 winner Took home one point six million dollars, three point. I've been calling Aspen to buy the course. Is over three million dollars in in, in uh, fifty fifty purchases for yesterday's Oilers game, which by the <sighs> way they won. And Connor looks mean. He looks angry. I love it. And yeah, he's good. You had hockey talk on there. So yeah, yeah, that was the second highest one. He uh, he. The Oilers are playing well. Uh, the Leafs won last night. They got a win, two nothing. Uh, scary incident though. Jake Muzzin goes down. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about off the record about the hit. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I, I watched it on YouTube in slow motion, so I can't really comment on it, but hope he's okay. And, I, you know, that Sears open up 1-1. Uh, but before you chime in here, I do want to say I hope every Canadian team gets through and just get that cup back to Canada. It's been a long time, man. I don't want to piss any of our listeners off, so I'll just agree with you on that. What's up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not saying I like any of the team. I'm just saying I'd like to see the Cup come back to Canada. Yeah, I agree. It's been, well, since Montreal in 89, so. Or, sorry, 93. 93? Montreal, yeah. Right. Let's move on. Right? Uh, My math's right, right? 93? I don't know. Yeah, it's been that long. 93? Montreal? Really? Yep. You sure? I'm, I'm 109% positive. Calgary made it in 05 or 04 04 and 06. I know there's those six. Anyways, yeah. So, well, go, well go. speaking of Tampa and in that uh, crap run, our guest today, we'll just go right to right now. Our guest, uh, Chris Dingman from Edmonton, Alberta, uh, four year Western League guy, two time cup champ, one in Tampa Bay, and one in Colorado, playing with the great Ray Bork and many others. Um, but let's move on now. So, that, that's, that'll be a great interview. Um, golf Sass this week. The Northern up in Prince Albert this past weekend, yet again, Danny Kluhart finds a way to win. Uh, he was in a tight battle with Greg Svensson, uh, two great players, but you know Danny just pulls away and captures yet another victory. Um, we might have to just sign Danny to a co-host on the show because it's 
turn into the Kluhart show sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously a hell of a golfer, right? Oh, he's so good. I, I love playing with him. On behalf of Off the Hosel, congratulations, Danny, on another victory. So, yeah, I got a text from a listener, actually, Drew, this past week. and uh, Want your autograph? <laughs> he wants yours. Sick. He actually, uh, he wanted to chime in and give us a call chit chat a little bit and uh so i said hell let's let's take this call from uh, garrett all righty let's do it hello garrett how's it going today good how you doing good this is drew from off the hosel thanks for uh, for answering the phone call oh no problem how you doing garrett no troy problem. here hey troy good good so what's Life shaking sweet what's shaking well Golfing out in the Okanagan, living the dream. Nice, and you must uh, crush some podcasts on the way out there. Oh yeah, the whole way. Made the old man listen to it the whole twelve hours. <laughs> been spreading the love with the uh, brother-in-law and some of the playing mates while I've been out here. Everybody's digging it, like loving the guests. It's been good. Awesome to hear. So, uh, where were you playing? Oh, I played a couple rounds at the Salmon Arm Golf Club and Talking Rock golf club and wrapped up today at predator ridge the ridge course did you happen to meet uh troy bomer no i didn't so no, troy bomer is a former golf sash like legend he's like 27 and he's a pro out there i believe so yeah i mean he works out there oh oh sounds like the dream i wish <laughs> So Garrett playing Predator, uh, I've never played it. All, uh, well, no, I've never played it. Not even online. Uh, how how was it? Walk us through it. How how was the round? Oh, the place is a masterpiece. Just terrific layout, beautiful scenery, and my game is the shit. So <laughs> it all it all went together just perfectly. <laughs> how many off the hosels? <laughs> well, it wasn't that bad, but may as well. What are you trying to say? Well, a few over par. Too many over par. Okay, okay. So I want to ask, you're, you're actually one of the first listeners, fans that called into us. I want to ask you a question. Is there is there anything you want to talk about or you want us to talk about on the next podcast? Well, I guess PGA Championship going to be relevant probably. Yeah, that starts on Thursday. We'll, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. Who are you taking? Who are you taking? Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the betting segment, so who are we going to go with here? No, that's our degenerate section, our de- Jared. Yeah, degenerate <laughs> section. Yeah. Dege- yeah, that's it right there. Uh, shit, I don't know. Brooks is always a safe bet, I guess. Going for the three-peat. Safe with your money. He's going for the three-peat. Yeah. He looks pretty good. I don't know. I'd have to go with him. Well, maybe we'll mark that down and throw that in our segment there, Drew, after. All righty. Well, this is uh, this has been awesome, Garrett. Anything else you want to touch on before uh, we let you go here? No. Well, I just encourage anybody to listen, get out to BC and play some golf. It's it's incredible. All righty. Thanks so much, Garrett. Take care, man. Drive right. safe. Thanks, Ed. All righty, our uh, first ever call in on the show, Garrett. Garrett. Garrett Schaus. Oh, a little. <laughs> Garrett Schaus from. Regina. Okay, Regina. I would assume. And, uh, yeah, he's on a golf trip up in BC, played some great courses, and he wanted to give us a little plug and, you know, shout us out, and he wanted a little love back that way. So thanks again, Garrett. Yeah, it was good. So let's move into our uh, PGA talk uh, this week. 
Um, Why well, just last week, Justin Thomas is the winner. Comes away with it. And Troy, you're going to correct me on this one. And I say wins in style. 65 on Sunday. I like JT. Hey, I like JT too. But he won in style though. Never said he didn't. Off the record, he did. Well, no, I... He should have taken five. Oh, that's what's off the record. He should have taken five, and he <laughs> took a three. So you know what? You know what that tells me? He's a hell of a good golfer. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, and uh, God, I know myself <laughs> and the Reverend Dan were watching hockey, and I'm Damn. sure you were shaking. Um, we were not very happy how Phil the Thrill Mickelson, the lefty, finishes T two, not helping us secure two thousand dollars for myself, the Reverend, and Troy. It's okay. It was a, you know, it was a really good tournament, though. Good field. Uh, lots of moving parts there come, well, because there's no cut, eh? Because it's... Uh, a. 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 There's no cut because it's FedEx. So every, yeah. every player FedEx. Plays. And I know I took Neiman, Joaquin Neiman. And no, he... What a pick. Yeah, but no, oh he actually, God. if you look, he shot five under, I think, on Friday. Like, he went from almost dead last to, like, T53. So... Anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the, that stuff later. But anyways, it, yeah, it was a it was a fun weekend of golf. Uh, Tennessee looked like a nice place to play. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk to Peps actually. Let's talk about this week though. Now, uh, moving into this week, we got um, a major PGA Championship. Here we go. TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. Wow, I was talking to Peps uh, just yesterday. I texted him last night. I said, hey, bro, good luck. Uh, play well. And he sent me a or a story. It was, I don't know what it was, a story. And he's like, positive or negative COVID test off the PGA uh, <laughs> uh, Championship week, what, what he said. But, yeah, I'm actually rooting for those guys always. And, you know, obviously with Abe and Dale. Um, but defending back-to-back champ Brooks Kepka, he's got to have a chip on his shoulder, and got to you got to keep an eye on this guy this week. I think I I don't think he's got it in him this week, and for two reasons. Has there ever been a three-peat Tiger? Tiger, I think one Tiger. Mm, probably. I, we'd have to do more research. Golf. Rev, Reverend, oh, yeah. not here today. Yeah, thank. Oh, Dan. Anyways, <laughs> that and his knee. Maybe shredded. Have you seen Deshaun Bow hit a golf ball? Doesn't use any lower body. Yeah, I know. I watched him on the driving range this morning. <laughs> no, I did. He was, was on the driving range. That's how he's playing tennis. Really? Yeah, I watched quite a bit of the because they're doing live from the PGA Championship all week. So I watched uh, Deshaun Bow. I don't know what the hell he was whacking. He was going seven iron, looked like hybrid driver. And then actually, I was watching Kepka, and you know we were talking about what's bad in my game, putting, and maybe. I'll, you know, when we get off the mic here, you can show me what he was doing. But he was putting a, a, a golf tee, a golf right tee, and then the ball at the end well, at the end of his club, his putter. So it's two two tees. He only was using one. End of his putter. Ah, uh, could be a placement thing with his head. They said that he was making more contact with the heel of his putter or something. So that's why they put the tee. Yeah. There. Anyway, I was watching it, and I mean, maybe it'll make my game better by watching it. I highly doubt it, but <laughs> anyway, I think we're both excited about PGA Championship first major. Uh, what did they say? 412 days, I think, since the last tour championship. Uh, they said the stat on, on Golf Channel this morning, and they said it was the longest hiatus from a PGA Tour event since World War II. Really? Yes. So 
I'm excited. I know you're excited. I know our listeners are excited. Well, I think and we I, should send it I'm, off. And I'm really excited. Okay, go on, sorry. For what's coming up. I think we should send it off over now to our uh, degenerate section of the Gambling Podcast. And that is now brought to you by Vice Golf. You heard it there, folks. Vice Golf. They were awarded gold by Golf Digest again this year. They have robotic test results for each model on their website. Go visit them at www.vicegolf.com. That was really good, Troy. That was on the spot. Um, Vice. I want to hear my song some more. No, no, it's off now. Vice Golf came on board to join off the Hazel Golf Podcast. I'm not complaining. Package should be here Friday, so we have some more stuff for more giveaways because that's what we like to do on the podcast. Yeah, we give away stuff. Um, But let's talk about our picks this week. Let's do it. And I, you want to go first? Let's do the Reverend. Reverend Dan. Dan, what do you got there? Uh, Dan's not here. So uh, Dan, (laughs) Reverend, he put a $20 wager on Jason Day to win the PGA Championship, which is going to pay him a whopping $680. Jason Day for the Reverend. It's pretty good. Um, Do you want to go next or me? I'll go next. I'm I'm going, I'm splitting it again. I'm going to go 10 and 10. Um, And I got to play hometown, hometown favorite, you know, family favorite. I'm going to Abe. So on a ten dollar bet, he pays five hundred and ten. It's Abraham answer. Yeah, Abe answer. And I know Drew, you kind of looked at me off the record like, huh, scratching your head. But I really like Colin. I had niche. Sorry. I had niche in my oh, head. Okay. <laughs> I really, really like Colin Morikawa. Honestly, he's playing some unbelievable golf this year. So ten dollar wager on him pays two hundred and ninety dollars. Yourself? Well, I am going with uh, I believe three guys this week. Yeah, you upped your bets a little, I see. Yeah, don't tell mom. Uh, at, uh, three guys this week, one off the top. This is a Patrick Cantley podcast. Patrick Cantley. That is not what you just said to me. It's the other one. 680, I believe he pays. 580 pays. 510? Sure. <laughs> uh, on a $10 wager? Yes. Okay. No, 20. 20 was the, when that. Oh, you're just messing the segment right up. So you, <laughs> so, so Cantley pays what? Well, who's Cantley? Patrick Cantley. I know who he is, but what did you put on him? You didn't give me bucks. his name. 20. It either pays you, well, I'm going to say it's the 460. No. It's the 1,020 then. Okay, so my next pick now is Jordan Spieth, and that is paying me 1,020. Well, <laughs> I don't understand here what you're doing. See, you can't, you can't off the air give me numbers and payouts. Do you want to cut this and, and keep going, or do you want to do? No, this is fun. I think the listeners think okay. this is our segment, man. Degenerate. See? We can't okay. get this shit straight So Jordan out. Spieth, the reason why I'm picking him to win 1,020. Spieth, $20 wager. The reason wager. why I picked him. You gave me a look off the record, too. Like, what are you doing? The reason why I'm saying that is he's on, he's on, what's the word, the radar, or he's looking for his first ever Grand Slam. And he's, he's never won the PGA Championship. So, I like Jordan Spieth. Okay. And I wanted to win. So, that is a $20 wager to pay you $1,020. Correct. All right. So, Patrick Cantley. Well, how much did you put on him? I don't know yet. Well, 20 <laughs> so, you put, so, he pays you 460 Okay. Well, I also have Abraham Answer as well. I threw a $10 oh, wager on him. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. I see what you did see? there. See? So, we're going to piggyback that one together on the Abe one. We're going to piggyback them all. 
If I win the Jordan Spieth one, Daddy's going home with a thousand twenty right now. <laughs> well, okay. I'm gonna phone the Reverend up and split with him then, so piss off. Okay. Um, you know what? We should have got our listener there to give us a pick. Or he did give us his pick. He was going with Kepka. Garrett picked Kepka. He said he liked to do. He said his favorite segment. No, he said he liked his biceps. Yeah. <laughs> no, he said his new favorite thing about our podcast is the, is the uh, degenerate section. Yeah. He did say that on the phone call, and we asked him, and he took Kepka. So. There it is. Uh, I don't know what it pays. We never looked it up. We could do that real it's, quick. I think the odds are... I think it's 11 to 1, I think. Here, I'll look it up. YouTube talking. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, again, this section, the Degenerate section, is brought to you by Vice Golf. Uh, we're really happy to have them on board. Again, they were... What was it? i got to read the, the, the live ad. They were awarded gold by Golf Digest again this year. They also have robotic test results for each model on their website. Go visit them at www.vicegolf.com. So Kepka, if you pay twenty dollars, you'll win two twenty. So that's not worth it. So if you're gonna pay, let's just put down here, two thousand dollars, you'll win twenty two grand. So I think if you have lots of money, you should put two grand on Kepka. You made twenty two cheese in the bank. Not too shabby. Um, yeah. What else do you want to chat about here? That's our degenerate section there. Brought to you by Vice Golf. Vicegolf.com. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, you golfing this week? This week, uh, well, let's see. Tomorrow, or I got treatment today, and then I might go Friday. What are you doing? Are you go to EDO Friday? I switch it to work Friday. Take the next Friday off. Why? Uh, I got a junior hockey reunion. Actually, nine of us up going to White Bear. And we will have actually Gordon this week to, uh, for next podcast, uh, talk about White Bears Golf Course. And the reason why I want them on and not I want everyone's course on, I don't think White Bear gets enough credit for their golf course. No, they don't. I've played it. Beautiful golf course. We've talked about this already on a couple yeah. podcasts. But, yeah. So we're going to have Gordon next week. But, yeah, the reason why I'm, I'm gone next week and in the Monday, uh, yeah, junior hockey reunion with nine of my really good buddies from junior. And we're going to go uh, – Play some golf for two days and have a time. Awesome. Probably crush some Last Mountain Distillery uh, whiskey, vodka, rum, apple pie, moonshine. I guess uh, yeah. before we send it over to our guest today, just remind everybody about our social media pages. So that's Facebook at, uh, is uh, blah, 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 off the hosel and Twitter and Instagram is at underscore off the hosel. And again, big congratulations to Jeremy Palinuk, who is the big winner of the uh, prize pack that we gave away. I'm not sure what's so funny. <laughs> The board I thought you said the big wiener. Well, wiener, winner, whatever. Um, yeah, congrats, Jeremy. Um, what was I going to say something to you? Oh, yeah. So our guest today, we mentioned off the top, Chris Dingman from Edmonton, Alberta. Two-time cup champ, a tough, tough customer. Uh, former, oh, sorry, is a first-round draft pick. Um, yeah, you know, he dropped same draft class as Ed Jovanosti, Ryan Smith, um, yeah, a lot of good players. You know, I'm. This is a really good interview, Troy. You unfortunately weren't able to be, uh, be on the show for that one, but the Reverend is in town. Uh, he, yeah, he was good. He was a lot better, and we had a lot of fun with it. So I think we should send that on over now to uh, Chris Dingman. Hope you guys enjoy it. Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns, catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18, 24, 36 can packs. Coors Light, made to chill. 
We are pleased to be joined by a former first rounder in the NHL draft, 10 year NHL career, two time cup champ, and a Western Hockey League alumni from Edmonton, Alberta, Chris Dingman. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's so if I'm a former first round pick, does that mean I'm no longer one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, I, I, well, no, you're right. My bad. <laughs> I just hang my that's like that's what I hang my hat on now. When I <laughs> yeah. have a tough day. I just say, yeah. "Hey, well, I was." <laughs> I did have potential at one point. <laughs> so, Chris, I mean the uh, the first rounder. Uh, let's talk about where you are nowadays. What's going on with you? And yeah, how's things? I'm in uh, I'm in Edmonton, Alberta. And it's like a torrential downpour. Oh wow! So, uh, yeah, I moved back here a couple of years ago. Uh, just helping my brother-in-law sell gloves. So. It's kind of ironic. I sell safety gloves, so we sell all different kinds. You know, impact uh, cut resistant gloves for oil and gas construction, and all that kind of stuff. So there, the irony is, I've pretty much dislocated, broken every finger, and uh, now I sell safety gloves. So. <laughs> well, what's <laughs> the website for you guys? Uh, Stellgloves.ca. All right. Well, uh, we'll just charge you later for that. That's all right. Turtle <laughs> bro. Small, small plug there. <laughs> So let's backtrack this to a young Chris Dingman life. You grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, a city that I'm very familiar with. Uh, been there lots. How was that? And yeah, just growing up in Edmonton. It was cold. It was really cold. My parents made me shovel the sidewalk too much in the driveway, but uh, no, it was good. I mean, it was uh, just a regular, I don't know, a regular Canadian upbringing, I guess would be the best way to put it. So, um uh, yeah, I just played sports. I like, really enjoyed playing sports. I enjoyed competing. Uh, you know, played probably like a lot of guys. Played a bunch of different sports. You know, played volleyball, played basketball, baseball. Uh, played soccer until I got kicked in the nuts, and then that uh, kind of <laughs> that, that wasn't that wasn't very much fun anymore. I just remember my dad telling me to chew some gum. I was just buckle over in pain. He's like, "Here, have some gum. Chew some gum." And I was like, "What's this gonna do?" <laughs> he was saying that chewing the gum didn't help, but. Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, obviously, skiing in the outdoor rinks and uh, you know, all that stuff, so it's been pretty good. You know, coming back with my kids, they're like, hey, let's go to the ODR. And the first couple of times, I was like, What's a, what the hell is the ODR? And I'm like, the outdoor rink, Dad. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess we got a terminology for it now. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was good. Just, uh, you know, just enjoyed playing sports and playing hockey and, you know, baseball and like soccer for, like I said, soccer for a little bit, and mm-hmm. the transition to baseball after the uh, the the incident, the ball <laughs> kicking incident. So yeah, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, pretty, so pretty normal. Mm-hmm. So did you kind of growing up? Were you just always playing sports when you're young, or did, like when did you get into hockey? Or is it kind of one of those things where just right out of the womb you're just into sports, sports every day kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I don't like. Obviously, I can't remember being born. That was difficult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I always played uh, from as you know, far back as I can remember. Just always played. Had a stick or a ball or something. Like, I was always outside playing street hockey. And, you know, my mom would have to, like, freaking come to the rink to get me. Because I, you know, go for, you know, it's like, the old I'm going for an hour and, you know, the outdoor rink, we could walk there and stuff. And yeah. Even right recess, I was like, at school, my poor elementary teachers, like my grade five teachers come out and just like want to kill me because everyone else, the bell would ring and everyone else would, everyone else would go back inside and I'd stay out. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to get a little party, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just like playing sports. I like competing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just love winning, hated losing. 
So, yeah, yeah uh, just from a young age, I guess, uh, you know, three, I think I started skating at like, you know, probably four or five, maybe something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, kind of something I've always done and still do. So talking hockey here, uh, did you play AAA hockey in Edmonton? I mean, like, where, where did you first get your start before obviously going over to the Western League? Yeah, I played, um, <clears throat> so I played Bantam AAA. Uh, I was a defenseman, actually. Kind of moved back and forth, but that was back when if you were big, you played D, but I could skate really fast in a straight line, so that worked pretty good back then when you could get a full head of steam and, you know, they allowed body contact and stuff. So, yeah, I played Bantam, and then uh, myself and myself and Damon Lankow, we played midget AAAs, uh, 16-year-olds, oh, wow. underages, I guess. So, played a year of that, and he was the, we were the two leading scorers. He beat me by a couple points, so... Uh, he was pretty good. He was a great player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. So it's hard to. <laughs> I think we were line mates too, so it's hard to chirp him. Maybe he should have passed a little bit more to me. But uh, so yeah, we both played uh, midget as underages, and then uh, I was actually drafted by Seattle, and then uh, got traded to Brandon, and then uh, yeah, so went to Brandon uh, camp as a sixteen-year-old and stayed, <laughs> stayed for four years. So. Yeah, just uh, yeah, played so played AAA uh, like I said for a couple of years. Uh, Bantam, one year Bantam, then one year Midget, and then off to ride a bus for four years. <laughs> so, well, and also playing in Brandon, you guys had well, still to this day, I think five hours is the closest game in the Western League. Obviously, I mean for travel wise, but um, let's talk about that 1994. I mean your season there, you had 40 goals, 43 assists, got drafted in the first round. Would you say after your first year? you had a really good chance of getting drafted? Because, I mean, going through your hockey DB, it looked like you never really had, a, you know, an off year. Well, I don't, uh, I know it was going to be, like, I, people ask me, like, it's way different now. Like, uh, like back then, I didn't, you're just playing. Like, I, yeah, I, like, I don't know. Like, I knew I was good, I guess. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. I was big and strong, I guess, and could score and hit and, you know, started to fight a little bit. So, uh, like, even, you know, playing midget and stuff, I had to fight a couple times because, you know, back then when you ran guys over, you know, guys would get pissed and get up and want to fight. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so I kind of learned that, you know, I had to fight. But um, even played junior, like, there was myself, Colin Cloutier and Mike Dubinsky were all first-round picks in the Bantam draft. And that was the worst pick out of the three. <laughs> To be honest with you, they were, I think, uh, Kluch was like the third pick, and Dubinsky was like sixth or seventh, I think. Oh, wow. That was the, I think it was the 11th pick or something, but <clears throat> anyways, we, uh, so we were, uh, we had to, you know, you had to pay your dues, so we were on the fourth line our first year, and, you know, played, and Kluch would get us into a lot of fights and brawls and stuff, so he was always good for that, but, uh, yeah, I never really, I mean, my second year, like, I didn't, I don't know if I had a great, but I had injuries, like, I I had a couple of really bad quad contusions, like for basically Charlie horses. And, uh, yeah. I remember, like, after, like, getting drafted, I talked to the head scout from Calgary, Tom Thompson. He's a great guy. And he's, like, saying to me after, he goes, oh, my God, you don't know how, how happy we were. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, because we already knew we wanted you. And, like, you got hurt, and then you came back, and they put you on right wing. And so left-handed shot, I really hadn't played much right wing. He's like, you came back, and you were struggling and playing, like, playing like shit. So <laughs> he's like, we were pumped because we knew we wanted you, and you were – he didn't look very good. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's you know, funny. after the fact, it was nice. But, uh, yeah, I didn't really, like, we started to do a little draft stuff. But I didn't, you know, until you're, you know, I got an agent. And then they was kind of talking, you know, how you're projected to be, I think it was projected to be a 
late first, early second round pick, I guess, in the NHL draft. And I don't really know, still, like, looking back, I didn't really know what that meant. Like, I knew, like, we talked about, okay, we're going to go to the draft, you know, because I guess, you know, if you're going to be a seventh-round pick or an eighth-round pick, I don't think you're really going to maybe travel to the, yeah. the draft to sit there for two or three days. But, uh, you know, uh, back then, so, yeah, I just knew we were, uh, went to the draft and, you got drafted in the first round, which was, you know, obviously pretty good. You know, great. It was an honor. And so, yeah, I didn't really, again, just just so different now. Like social media and stuff and all this, you know, oh, you put yeah. stuff up. Like back then, man, we had the rotary phone. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're dialing it, if you're trying to dial somebody and you messed it up, you had to start again, you know. Four, did it, did it, two, did it, did it. So, I was like that comedian said that. He's like, oh, man, screwed up. I got to start again quick. One, did it, did it. <laughs> Seven did it, but uh, yeah. So I didn't really, uh, you know, it was a good experience. But I didn't really, again, I was just playing hockey, and you're not really thinking. Like I don't, I wasn't thinking like, yeah, I'm gonna get drafted or this or that. I was just playing and, you know, riding a bus. And uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Five hours wasn't our closest trip. It was three and a half, I think, it was Regina. So it wasn't that bad. So Your bussy was flying then. Come on, it's gotta be five hours oh, Regina. Right. No, I think it's three. It's like three. Yeah, Regina, well, yeah, Mogi, yeah, he was, uh, Mogi, yeah, he, uh, there's a couple times where I woke up and the bus was shaking and I was like, oh my God, man, how fast did you have anything going? He goes, oh yeah, down to Burden Hill there, whatever, he goes, shit, I must have had it up to like 130, 140. Oh, oh, so he was good. I remember he was awesome. He was like, so Mogi was, uh, he was our, he was our bus, he and he was a, he was a farmer too, and he's like, I remember asking him one time, I was like, hey, Bogey, you got cruise control this thing? And he pointed at his foot, he goes, yeah, right here. <laughs> he used to take the, he used to take a sawed off hockey stick and like lodge it on the pedal to uh, <laughs> wow. his cruise control. But uh, yeah, he was awesome. I remember one time too, we got hit some black ice or something, and nothing really bad, but like we got stuck. Uh, There's some bad weather. So I was planning for a road trip, and I was like, Bogey, man, I only got like one pair of underwear. We were supposed to be on the road or whatever. He's like, oh, no problem. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, just turn them inside out. You get the clean side, you get two more <laughs> so I was like, Never thought of that before. So things you learn. Things you learn in the Western League. We could write a book. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, it's funny that you mentioned how, like, all the, you know, how, how kids have so much potential nowadays. And, and, I mean, what do you want to say? Like, the video stuff and social media. I mean, I scout hockey, and I get emails every day or, you know, long emails with videos. And, hey, this is, like, my highlight video from last year. And here's my stats and this. And I'm just like... As a scout, I want to see you play in person, right? But I mean, you, you're totally right, though, how they have so much more exposure nowadays. Yeah, yeah, 100%. When you look at those videos, should I send you a TikTok video? Maybe I can make a comeback. <laughs> I got a pretty impressive one. I went, uh, I think I shot 15 or all low blocker, so I don't know if that'll impress you. Actually, we do need guys for our rec team, so yeah, like, yeah you're in. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Good, um, good first pass. Good first pass. <laughs> but yeah, so what was that like playing in Brandon? I mean, there's not a whole lot to do there, so. <laughs> uh, there's tons to do there. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, it was good. It was, uh, you know, obviously, the, uh, depending on the family roof, it makes a big difference. So my Bill family was, uh, they were good people. They had young kids, so. It was a bit of an adjustment for me. When I moved in, they had a three-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl, and and they were a little hectic, let's just say that. So, like, when you're trying to take a nap in there, and the mom's like, shh, guys, quiet, shh, you know, like, keep it down. And then I hear thump, thump, thump when you're in the basement. And they always say, like, they helped me get drafted because they were, like, 
days. It seemed to be like every other home game I'd leave the house and I just wanted to kill somebody because I'd <laughs> woken up two or three times. And my billet, uh, she, she passed away, uh, but she was like, oh, my God, he's going to kill somebody. Like, <laughs> as soon as I was walking out of the house. Uh, but it was a good, ex- it was, uh, it was a good experience. Like, they were great people, their family. And, you know, it was, uh, we had good teams, good guys. So, uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. We're, you know, when you're winning, you have good teams. Yeah. It's, I wouldn't say life's easy, but uh, it's obviously more fun. And you, you know, have guys I've bumped into and, you know, being back in Canada now that uh, I hadn't seen in years that I uh, played with. And it's great. Like, you just develop those memories and relationships. And, you know, a guy like Jody Lehman, who's in Battleford, who's uh, helped me out quite a bit uh, just with business and stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, you got to see this guy. And you got to see this guy. And we're here. You got to go see this guy. And my buddy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he was my goalie my last year. And, uh, yep. And Brandon there, so just, uh, you know, he was, uh, so we'd ride together, and, you know, in his, uh, God, what did he have? He had one of those, like, one of those four-door, like, it wasn't a Bronco, it was smaller than a Bronco, it was like a Tahoe or Jimmy, or no, Jimmy, it was like a, God, who made those? TMC Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, like Jimmy's. Jimmy's. yeah the Jimmy's, yeah. Yeah, it was like the two-door, like, you know, kind of like mini Bronco, or whatever, he had one yeah. of those, so we either took his truck, or I had a, uh, had a Ford Ranger that had two 10-inch subs. <laughs> Mids and tweeters, that thing was used to pump the old school uh, Metallica. And, oh, nice. uh, I, I hate to say this now, my wife will cheer me, but like the old firehouse and like cheesy, cheesy hair metal bands. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, I'm curious to know. I mean, actually, I also coach hockey, and my bench boss, he played in Brandon for three years. He missed you by a few years, but Corey Unser, uh, he mentioned yeah. that uh, you guys, Wade Redden, um, maybe Shave, some of those guys came back to do those hockey schools and just, I mean, are you guys still involved with the team at all but by any means? <laughs> yeah, no, we, not, like, I'm, like, I just moved back uh, a couple years ago after living in, was in Florida for, what, like 18 years? But, yeah, for a few years, uh for about four years, I think it was, we go back, work to hockey school, and then, uh, you know, as you're playing and you get a family and stuff, it's just harder to get back. Like, just to get to Brandon from, like, Florida is miserable. And even from Edmonton, you got to, you know, get to Winnipeg and drive. But uh, I go in, I've been back a few times. I went back when they hosted the Memorial Cup. Uh, you know, Kelly asked if I want to come back, and I uh, did, like, a ceremonial opening face-off puck drop, whatever. So well, that was yeah. pretty cool. Cause I got, uh, I got I actually got a standing ovation, which was crazy. Because you know, it's like, yeah, played there like uh, some years ago. Yeah, no, it was great. Like it was, you're not sure if people remember you. And like I remember talking to one of the guys in the office, Rick Delbo, who's been there forever too. He's like, oh yeah, they. He's like, you're still one of the most popular, you know, guys that played here, which is, you know, I, I consider it to be a tremendous honor. And, oh yeah. So they had, yeah, did yeah. that, and then they had, uh, so they did their bobblehead. Uh, so I went back for, they had a bobblehead night, and then, so I did that, and then they tied it in with the, you know, they have a fundraiser every year for the, I think it's for the, uh, for the school tuition, uh, sportsman's dinner, so, okay. uh, I went back for that a couple, couple years back, and they, so I had to do, like, public speaking, I guess, <laughs> so, they're like, Billy's like, hey, you just get to kind of talk, you know, tell stories, or whatever, I'm like, oh, you want me to talk for you, he's like, I don't know, like, do you talk, like, 10, 15 minutes, that'd be great. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. So I just read. Talk for an hour. Writing some stories. Yeah, no, yeah, I ended up being like 35, 40 minutes. <laughs> and I got killed nervous. And, God, you know, not really. Well, I've done some, like, I've done TV and radio and stuff, but it's still different than, like, talking about hockey and then telling stories. But 
that guy, the guy who was there, Glenn Hall was there. Oh my God, that guy's hilarious. Like he was, God, he was like a couple, uh, couple red wines in for sure. And he just he'd tell a joke and he'd turn and like kind of do his like. Eh, 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 I'm sitting next to Kelly McCrim and he's like watching him. He goes, he's hilarious. So he'll tell a joke. He turn over and he turn his side. And be like eh, eh, eh. Kelly's like dying. I'm laughing so. He was uh, so I have guys like that. So yeah, I've been back uh, a few times and it's. It's great. Like I was, like I was there last spring. Uh, I was went through town too with my my eleven year old. He was ten at the time. Uh, we were playing and he was uh, we he was playing in uh, one of the I don't think the Western uh, Western Canadian tournament or something in Winnipeg. So we were driving through and doing some sales on the way. My little uh, sales guy was helping me out, so we stopped at Brandon. It was. It was kind of neat because I went to, uh, stopped in a Rexall or something and had to pick up like some water or something. Ladies like, oh, where are you heading, where are you heading through to? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, where are you heading to from here? And I was like, how, what do you mean? How do you know? She's like, well, your name's Dingman. And I was like, oh my God, how'd you know that? Like, it was really, like, it was crazy. Like, I haven't been there and, you know. Your photo's on the door? Said, <laughs> don't let in. No, yeah, yeah, don't let him in, yeah. <laughs> if you see this guy, deny him entry. <laughs> no, but, uh. So yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah, it was uh, a good experience, and I've been back a few times. And but even going back was great with my son because Darren Ritchie was there. So I, so Dilly uh, Rick Dobo called Dilly. And I was like, hey, can I stop by the office and say hi? And he's like, yeah, sure. So you know, I brought my son uh, Sawyer and uh, went to the rink. And Rich gave us a tour, and he was telling some stories about when we played. And he was telling my son, he's like, yeah, you know, your dad's a little crazy. <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, because like, my kids have seen, you know, they've seen my, my fights and whatever. Yeah. And they, they know, whatever. So he's like, hey, your dad's a little, a little crazy. We got a few brawls he was talking about. Like, there was one brawl he had in the playoffs against Regina my second year. And it was, like, pretty bad. Like, I like, bench clear and brawl at the end of the game and, like, went into the stands and stuff and <laughs> got one game out of it. Like, so. Oh, my God. Bobby Lowe's. So Bobby Lowe's and myself, we got one game. I went a little cuckoo that game, but. Anyways, uh, so they were telling they were telling the story of that, and I just I love this story. Cause you, you know, you talk to guys, you talk about yeah, you remember these brawls like in Moose Jaw or Madison Hat or whatever. And there's always things you remember and things you don't, and this one was great because like so Dilly's like yeah, you know, it was the best thing about that, the you know the brawl or whatever. And I was like no, and he's like he's like guys like they, like guys were sprinting up the aisle, like literally sprinting <laughs> up the aisle, like, and I'm like where the hell are they going? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, then they come back. They come back double-fisted with, like, two sodas. So I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, guys are sprinting up to the concession to buy pop just so they can throw it at you. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, I've never seen that before. It was crazy. And he's like, I don't know where. I've never heard that version of it. All-time sales happened, in the Brandon know? rink that night. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, that was in Regina. Oh, Regina. Oh, Regina. Regina, yeah. So they were, oh, my God. He's like, so first of all, like, you had grown men that were, like, literally sprinting up to buy, like, pop to throw at teenagers, number one. He's like, number two, he's like, I don't know, like, how is the concession still open? The game has been over for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> so, anyways, I guess they don't shut things down, or they probably do now after that is. <laughs> Maybe that's what started them shutting down uh, concession sales in the second period. After, after the first or, period? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's your cab voucher. See you guys later. I only had one beer. Yeah. <laughs> So, Chris, I have a question for you. In that 1995 season, actually myself and the Reverend over here, Daniel, were uh, both born that year. You played with some great players. A couple of them mentioned Wade Redden, Peter Schaefer, and Mike LeClaire. How good was that team that year? 
Oh, sorry, and yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, thank you, but they're they're probably they're more talented. I was just I was tougher and worked harder. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, yeah, they were great. It was a good. Uh, I played some good teams. So even the year before, if, you know, Marty Murray and Darren Rich. Like over the years, we played. If I was lucky, we had some great teams. But yeah, that team was. Uh, well, anytime you can win, anytime you can go to Memorial Cup, you got a good team. And, you know, something Kelly Kelly McCrimmon did a really good job of was just, you know, he drafted well and, you know, he just brought in guys and, you know, they just, for years, we just, uh, you, you're, you, you lose a guy or two every year, obviously, to, you know, to pro or if they're going to go to college or whatever, they age out. But, uh, you know, he's always able to get guys and not really give up much, uh, it would seem like anyway, so... Yeah, it was a really good team. Like Wade Redden, obviously, he had a great career and was a great defenseman. And you know, Peter Schaefer was so good with the puck. You know, he was my uh, he was my line mate there, and he was a beauty because uh, like he would just verbally abuse everybody. Like when I was playing with him, because he knew I had his back, I guess. <laughs> so he would just, oh my god, just abuse guys. And he's like, "What are you gonna do?" <laughs> and he guys like, "What are you gonna do?" I'm like standing behind him. I'm like, "God, he's such a dick," but whatever. <laughs> It helped our team, so I let them chirp, guys. But, yeah, we, we had some great teams, great guys, great teams. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we never won a Memorial Cup, but uh, lucky enough to go to two. And, you know, oh, I wouldn't wow. change that for – I'll take a Stanley Cup over a Memorial Cup, but uh, at the time mm-hmm. it was pretty disappointing. But, uh, yeah, great teams, great guys, great teams, you know. Mm-hmm. Play a lot of good guys. So, quickly to, I mean, pity back, I mean, obviously the Western, Western League here, you must have had some good battles with, um, you know, Captain Canada, Ryan Smith. Yeah, a little bit. Well, he wasn't uh, wasn't too much of a tough guy. So, yeah, but he was just oh my god! Like even when he played, then he was just annoying. He was just like go to the nets, stand in front of the net, take a beating. Uh, you know, always like always in front of that. Could chip a puck from anywhere. He had the worst stick you've ever seen. I don't know if you guys ever. Oh, his blade. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it must have been worse in the, in the junior. <laughs> oh yeah, well, because you only had two options of a stick, so you either used a coho or well, back then it was like a coho or a bower. You had to you had to, uh, you had to curve it. So yeah, his was awful. It was like the old Gretzky, like just a super thick blade. And, Whatever, so yeah, he was a he was a competitor too. Like just you know, there's a guy that wasn't wasn't the prettiest skater, wasn't the fastest skater, but uh, just worked hard. Man, worked hard. Yeah, just take a beating. Yeah, just take a beating to score goals. So you know, all all respect for him too. Yeah. So when did it really kick in that uh, playing hockey could be a full time job? No, uh, when I was twelve, my dad told me if you. If you don't have potential to go somewhere, you're gonna get, you're gonna get a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's the first I answer that we ever heard. Twelve years old. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he didn't say that. He's like, as long as you work hard and you have the potential to do something, then. I mean, I had like summer jobs. Like I built a and worked at Petro Canada. You know, did all that fun stuff. But um, I don't know. I guess maybe when I got dropped and I signed mm-hmm. and. Uh, Got my signing bonus, and yeah. I realized, okay, I can uh, make money doing this. And, well, even junior, like we made money, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> as much. Very good pay. Yeah, it didn't last very long. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, You're buying subs but, in your vehicle. 
Oh, yeah. You buy a, you go buy a CD at McDonald's and your, <laughs> and your check was gone. I you had to call my mom and <laughs> ask her to wire money. So, yeah, I guess maybe like 17, 18, kind of realized, uh, you know, I could maybe make a living and, you know, it's great. Like anything more than what, what I was making before was, was great. So, I guess maybe around that age. Mm-hmm. So moving into your NHL draft class, some of the guys that got drafted, I mean, the same round as you, wow, you know, Jeff O'Neill mentioned Ryan Smith, Ed Jovanovsky, and obviously yourself. Like, one, that's pretty impressive that you're a first-round guy, you had a great junior career. And then also to piggyback that question, how, how special was that day for you and your family? <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, God, where was it? it was in Hartford, so like we went out and, it was pretty neat because even before that, we were like, I was still trading. We'd lost out in the second round or third round, maybe. So there's like, like back then, we do testing. So they would, you know, we'd fly out to like New Jersey and we'd do like the, you know, we'd do the treadmill and like bench press and pumps and stuff like that. And I remember going, uh, it was back when Quebec still had a team. So like we went out to Quebec and it was like myself and Wade Belak was there and a couple other guys. And we went for dinner with Sherry Dawson and, you know, I think we're like 17 and we're having like wine and dinner or beer or something, which is crazy, but uh different time. So, yeah. <laughs> and it was Quebec and it was like, you know, you're with the general manager or whatever in the Quebec Nordiques. So I don't think the restaurant really cared too much that. Mm-hmm. And we were like all 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and huge. And I didn't really look their age, but uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty neat. It was a good experience. Like even, so we did all, all the testing going up to it and even not the draft, we had meetings and I remember meeting Paul Holmgren and he was like, just scared the shit out of me. He was super. Really? God, he's intimidating, man. Yeah, he's just, just a big band. He had the crew cut and he had huge hands. And I remember shaking my hand and it almost like crushed my hand. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this guy's a man. Like, he's an animal. So, I mean, all he wanted to talk about was he's like, so you and Belak fought quite a bit. So, because I think that year we'd fought like five times or something. So, all they wanted to get everyone to drop. They just want to know about, you know, us fighting. And, you know, Beeler was a great guy and a man. He was tough, too. So, Everyone wanted to know, like, oh, so how'd it, you know, hey, how'd it go? Who won? I was like, well, I won one for sure, because I'm like, because he split me for six, but I broke his nose. So I'll take six. <laughs> I'll take six zippers over a broken nose, ain't yeah. But I was like, and then the rest were, you know, you're just trying, a uh, guy like that, you're just, God, you know, try not to get killed and do as good as you can. So, yeah, it was funny. So even, like, all the meetings and stuff was pretty neat, man. You know, your agent's telling you what's going to happen at the draft, and you're not really sure, and you're like, okay, and they call your name, and you stand up, and you hug your parents, and they walk to the stage, and, you know. So it was, uh, it was great. It was pretty nerve-wracking, I guess. Um, and uh, But it was good. It was, uh, but it wasn't really anything to do, because it was in, like, Hartford's, like, uh, like downtown Hartford, there's, like, nothing really there. It's all buildings and stuff, so... I remember after the draft, we were in, uh, it was a bunch of us Western Leagues were hanging out. It was like Brett Warner, Bjork, myself, uh, Chad Allen, maybe a couple other guys, just uh, celebrating in the hotel. So it was like the whole lead up to it was good. You know, getting nice. drafted was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, I got after that, it wasn't super exciting because we were in the States and, you know, the limit, uh, the legal limit was 21, so we were just hanging out in the hotel. But, yeah, it was really cool. Dream come true, you know, just, uh, you know, you have a dream of playing hockey. And, you know, I guess to start, you know, getting drafted, I look at it, it's just a, maybe the start of your journey. or another step, Continuation, yeah. I guess. Yeah, another step or continuation. So, 
Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, all that just, uh, it was a good experience, just even the testing, the psychological testing we did, all that other stuff, so the physical testing, so. Yeah, it was a neat experience, so, uh, I mean, very lucky and, you know, happy I got drafted. So now that you're drafted, let's backtrack this now. I mean, you mentioned off the top that you, you know, you had some injury problems. Did you go back to junior for your fourth and final year? I mean, and if there was, was there a bitter taste in your mouth about getting sent back? I mean, I was just curious on, you know, did you go back or just hockey DB is a little, uh, little off date on this one. Oh yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so you get drafted, you go to, so what the Calgary do is you get dropped your first year, your first camp, they would, uh, you play one game. They always get you like the young guys. They get you to play one game. So I got to play one game against uh, Vancouver, which was cool because like, God, who was the defenseman? It was like Dirk Grammer. No, it wasn't Dirk Grammer. It was uh, on Vancouver. Dave, it was like Dave Babbage. Yeah, I think it was Dave Babbage. He had a huge mustache or something. The guy was so strong. He had me in the corner. I was back when like, you know, you could basically tackle a guy and pin him and. I just remember we went to, uh, I got to play that one game, and then uh, the guys took me out to a place called the Roxy. It's like a famous. Oh, there must be some good stories with the Roxy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, famous rock place where all the musicians hang out and stuff. So I got to play my one game, and then, yeah, I knew I was going back, so I wasn't upset about that. And then in 18-year-old years, uh, you know, I was like the last cut, so I made it to, you know, I guess you'd say the last round, and I got sent back. And, you know, I wasn't better or anything. I you know, I looked at it that, you know, I knew I was probably going to play four years of junior. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't upset about getting sent, uh, getting sent back, but I knew we had good teams too. And I knew I, you know, there's a pretty good chance my last year, or my fourth year or whatever, um, that I was going to be probably be the captain or, you know, be the leader or something. So, yeah, you know, something too, that I look forward to, you know, just knowing the players are already there and we'd have a good team and, so it's kind of neat, you know, coming back into things where, like, the team's already going. So, and I knew we had a good team. So, yeah, it wasn't, uh, you know, it was, you know, what sucked was it uh, my 20-year-old year. So, you know, after, like, four years of junior, I went to Memorial Cup and <clears throat> two years in a row. And then, you know, you start your pro career. And, you know, they asked me to come to camp under 230. And I always played junior around 232, 236. And, you know, like, my first year, I was, like, 12% body fat. And then every year, I'd get it down. And then my last year, it was, like, 8% or, wow. you know, somewhere below 9% or whatever. And so, then, you know, the county said to me, hey, can you come to camp under 230? I was like, sure. Yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. So, I came in under 230. That was the first cut in the training camp. I was like, I was so pissed. I got sent down in the American League. And, yeah, whatever led the team in preseason scoring, and then and the rest of the guys came down. I had Paul Baxter as a coach. The guy was just a dick. He just didn't play me at all. Like, barely played. Like, the whole year. In the year, he's like, said to my wife and my girlfriend at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, that was the best thing for him. I'm like, fuck, go fuck yourself. I was the best <laughs> thing for him. Like, I barely played. Yeah. I actually wanted to go back. I was asking to go back to junior that year because it was just, to me, it was just a waste to play, like, five, six shifts, you know? Yeah. The game, it was awful, so... But what had happened is the guys that, like, so Doug Riseborough and Tom Thompson, the guys that drafted me, they had gotten fired, and new management came in, and new GM and stuff, and then, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, that was more disappointing than the year before that, because I knew I was going back, and, but it worked out the following year, because Brian Sutter got hired as the coach, and he called me in the summer, and, you know, asked me, like, hey, what's it going to take for you to make this team? I was like, well, when you show up at camp, and you're playing the guy with the, like, a guy from junior and a guy from the East Coast, you kind of know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you gotta know where you're going because year before, like Jerome McGinley, who I have the utmost respect for and had a great career, 
you know, they traded, uh, they traded him for, or they got him for Joe Nundike and, you know, he comes to camp and he's playing with, uh, flirting castle. So they're giving him every opportunity and he deserved it too. Like he should yeah. have played obviously, but I said that to Sudsy, I said like, Hey, like when you show up at camp and, cause he said, he goes, I watched you play junior. You know, he, he scored 40 and in the West league, you can hit and you can fight and score. Like what's it going to take to make this team? And I just said, like, you kind of know training camp if you have a chance, <laughs> you know, like, Based on who you're playing with, when you when you're looking at the list of your line mates, you guys you've never heard of. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it kind of more difficult. And uh, so I showed up in camp, and I was playing with uh, Flurry and Castles in training camp. So I knew I was going to get a chance or an opportunity to make it. So you know that was great in that sense. So uh, yeah. Well, it's kind of cool how you mentioned like that you weren't you know upset or bitter like by getting sent back because it's funny nowadays. I don't I don't know if you see it, but I see it all the time now. Kids are like, well. They all want to. They're all in a rush to play junior. All in a rush to move up a level. But then, if you're not going to play, or you know, it's not going to benefit you, right? So I, I was, I was just curious to see, like, you know, you played forty in your last year, and, and then obviously the year before you played a lot. But I was just curious to see what your answer on that was. So, thanks. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I had no problem with it to be honest with you, because every year, like, I was a first line guy again. You know, like, so my third year I was a first line guy, which was great. You know, I had the opportunity to play Marty Murray and Darren Rich, and then, you know, it's like they were older guys, I guess, right? And I was there to provide some space for them, I guess, and get take shots off the back of my calf when I was going to the net, which I still chirp Rich about. So when I was going back through town, I was like, Jesus Christ, man, how many did you fire off my calf? And he's like, well, it wasn't my fault. You're in the way. <laughs> it was funny. When he got hired as the GM of the weekend, I was watching the highlight videos, and I was, like, trying to see how many of the, like, uh, I like they're showing his goals and stuff, you know, in the weekends announced either they were hiring him or whatever. I was trying to see like how many clips I was in and there was like so it's five guys I paused it and I screenshot it and I sent him a couple of texts. I was like, Hey man, here's like four times where I was wide open <laughs> and he could have and he could have fired it across to me and he looked me off. But then it was funny, he was in town for uh for the uh there's a big tournament, band tournament of John Reed or whatever more yeah. on. So he was in town for that, so I was able to uh catch up with him and a uh, big Johnny, my old coach too. So, uh, funny. just talking to him. I was like, man, he only fired off the back of my legs. <laughs> <laughs> like going to the net. Cause I was always the guy that went to the net. So yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I don't look at it that way. Like guys are, I was looking at now, even with my kids, like what's development. like, in, what was development for me? And looking back, obviously there's things, you know, I would have done differently or I could have or should have or whatever, but you know, like anytime you're in a situation where you can, like, you're comfortable and, you know, you can play and, you know, you're going to play, like, to me, that's all about development. And, you know, obviously there's a skill side of things. and But it's also playing, too, and being in the right situation and being put in the right situation to succeed. So, you know, I was, you know, very lucky to, you know, play for an organization like the Wheat Kings and, you know, I have Kelly McCrimmon. And, well, Bobby Lowe's is a coach, too. He was awesome. Like, he was... Yeah, we know Bobby. You know... Yeah. Oh, yeah, Losey's batshit. Like, he's calmed yeah. down a lot, but uh, yeah. he was great. He was – I loved him. Like, hey, you know, I showed up at camp and I had earrings in and he took one look at me. He's like, you don't think you're keeping those fucking things, do you? And I was like, well, ah. yeah. kind of thought I was going to, but uh, I guess not. <laughs> he's like, not if you're going to play here. And I was like, okay, then. That's uh, how this is going to go. But he was great. Like, I – oh, my God. He was intense and, like, you knew where you stood. And you had to work hard and – you know, that was, I had no problem with that. So it was great. Like, guys, now you can't even, it's so hard to coach. Like, I've been coaching the last few years, and, you know, I just tell them, kids, like, 
you don't even really need to yell at them, but like show up and work hard. That's it. Yep. Show up, work hard, listen. And I, like I tell kids, like I don't know how you guys are, but like I just, I want a yes man. I want a guy. Yep. Can you play right wing? Sure. Yep. Can you play yep. center? Sure. Yep. Can you play defense? <laughs> sure. Exactly. You play backup goalie? Well, if I really have to, but I don't <laughs> really get up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so, yeah. Just stuff like that. So, yeah, like, like the whole experience, like, Rosie was, was great and all of it. So, like, that's where, like, I, I, it was perfect. So, like, I had no problem with that. Now you can't really yell at guys. And even if you said guys, like, they, you know, like, oh, they, they butthurt. And, oh, yeah. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. But it's like, I, what did I ask you to do? I asked you to do something simple. Like, uh, give like, I want you to pass it on your forehand every time or whatever, you know what I mean? Or I don't want you to toe drag in the blue line. Okay, just go, yeah, okay, have a seat, sit for a shift. Yep. Yeah. People get all bent and like, it's like, well, I'm at it, you're not listening to me. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, your son or, you know, or daughter or whatever, like, is not listening. Like, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even kids, like, even like a couple kids would give me attitude. I'm like, I always ask kids, like, hey, who wants to play in the NHL? And they put all put their, like, some of them put their hands up. I'm like, no, no, seriously. Like, who wants to play in the NHL? They all put their hands up. I'm like, okay. If you're not going to listen to me, who are you going to listen to? And yeah. after that, I'm like, you know, like, I'm not an all-star or anything, but, like, I played. You played. I made it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm trying to give you the tools to make it there, like, what mm-hmm. it takes. So, if you're not going to listen to me, like, <laughs> like who are yeah. you going to listen to? So, but it's interesting. It's all part, you know, it's all part of uh, growing up, I guess. And, you know, I just looking back at all of it, I... Again, there's a couple of things maybe I would have changed, but, you know, I wouldn't be the player I am or the person or father or coach. So I kind of look at it like everything, you know, it's all part of the process. And, like, some of it was hard, some of it was easy. And tell you what, man, the hard stuff, you know, when kids, like, complain that they're tired, I'm like, I don't want to hear about tired, man. I'm like, well, you got to go 10 hours and play a game and get back on the bus and play and bus 10 hours back and then go to school, go home, shower, and then go to school and then go to practice. Like, yeah. And you know, like two times or three times in a week, like, don't talk to me about tired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually remember, like, so Corey answered, he was mentioned one time he was playing in Brandon and he didn't play for the first, like, 15 games. And Bob Lowe's was actually in his windsuit on the bike already. He's like, let's, let's go, Corey. And, and he was, like, sparring him on the bike. Like, he was, like, Bobby was ripping on the bike and on to, like, keep up to him the whole time. Is uh Good story, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was intense. Are you tired of the same old spice rum and coke or any other basic mixed drink? Well, we want to change that. Here at Off the Hazel Crew, we are proud supporters of Last Mountain Distillery. They got so many good choices that will change your world. Just some off the top of our head Last Mountain Distillery whiskey, rum, dill pickle vodka, root beer schnapps, and now new apple pie moonshine. If you haven't already checked out Last Mountain Distillery, for all your mixed bevy needs, Last Mountain Distillery, no questions asked. So the NHL, how's that adjustment from going from the AHL, you know, to the big show? Are you fighting lots too? Yeah, fair about. Um, I don't know if it's a huge adjustment. You're just playing the better players. It's actually, it's weird to say, but it's actually easier because... I don't know, like, he, you know, I was fighting anyway, so, like, I, my, the year I made it, I played eight games, preseason games, I had four goals and four assists and six fights, and, but you're, you know, I was playing a Flurry or Castles or a Ginla, and, I mean, it's great, like, once you figure out how to play them, like, hey, what do you want me to do, okay, I'll go get the puck and give it to you, and, yeah. you know, I didn't have to overhandle the puck or anything, like, so, it's actually, like, you're nervous at first, and, you know, like, your first NHL game, you're trapped your pants, 
you're like, oh my god, what am I doing out here? Like, you know, you're playing. Like, I think I lined up against like Steve Eiserman and <laughs> it's like Steve Eiserman and Fedorov and Mario Kozlov or McCarty or something. And you're kind of like, oh my, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, you're looking across like Jesus Christ, like I don't really fit in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if I should be here, but um, yeah, I don't think it's like it's not really. Like, obviously, the game's a little faster every level you go up. Uh, yeah. But once you adjust to it, you know, a couple practices or, you know, a couple games or whatever, it's not huge. And it's actually easier. Um, I, I think, anyways, a lot of guys say this, too. Like, just the jump from the American Hockey League to the NHL can be difficult for some guys. But, like, I think it's easier just because the guys you're playing with are so much better. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, there's great players everywhere. There's great players that play in the American League. There's great players that play in Europe, like, but it's just like guys are where they're supposed to be. And in American hockey league, when you have like younger guys that are learning the game and, you know, they're not necessarily positionally sound, <laughs> let's say that. So, mm-hmm. you know, like if it a I got, I wouldn't want to go back and play defense in American league. When you go back to the pocket, like your wingers aren't on the walls or where they should be. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be too much fun. So yeah, I don't, it's obviously it's a bit of an adjustment, but uh, like I said, you're man, I look back, you know, you're playing the, Flurry or Castles or even Colorado when I get to play a little bit with like Forsberg or Sackett or any of those guys like oh my god life's beautiful I had eight goals one year and seven were assisted by Forsberg or Sackett so it's basically <laughs> you. give it to him and get open and take and he's a shooter so, yeah it was perfect <laughs> so, I mean, it's easy like where do you sign up for that I would have taken a pay cut just so I could play a whole year with him <laughs> so who was your first Angel goal against I, I don't know. I think I think it was Patrick Waugh. I'm not 100 percent positive, but bet he was pissed. Was sneaky, <laughs> yeah, he was grabby. He was a greasy, like uh, kind of like a wraparound, kind of quick uh, backhand or five hole. So oh. it was that just sounds like, gross. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, backhand I didn't score very much, but uh, yeah, I didn't score very much, but they did. Uh, I scored on Hall of Famers, so I scored on Patties. <laughs> oh, that counts. Yeah. I, I had two against uh, two against Broder. I scored against Luongo, so he'll be in the Hall of Fame for sure, I think, anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. I had two against Grant Fear my first game back in Calgary. I scored two on Fear. Friend of the show. <laughs> oh, great guy. I got a bench for a month ago. I felt kind of bad. So I was so pissed. <laughs> like, oh, boys were like, it was like Kale Halson, Derek Morris, and well, all the guys like the Gimlin, all those guys were still there. And, like, they, like Sutter was so pissed when I scored the first one, and when I scored the second one, oh, God, he's out. And the boys were kind of like, all right, like, <laughs> Good job, Sudgy was pissed. So, second one was greasy though. It was like a, it's kind of a sinker, and I think uh, rather than butterfly go down, Piers, he tried to like he tried to like reach down for it, and I just just missed it a little bit and went in. So, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, so I didn't score very much, but. Uh, I think the really good goalies took me for granted, so I surprised <laughs> them. I yeah, that's my that's my version of it, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't think I could shoot that faster. <laughs> Maybe they felt bad for me. Well, they weren't <laughs> expecting the back and wrap around slide off someone's foot in five hole, hey? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I could get that off quickly. That was my that was my go to. <laughs> so, Chris, let's chat about. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. You win two Stanley Cups in two years, correct or not correct? No, no, one, uh, 2001, and then 2004. Okay, two and four years. Does that do math? Two, three, four? Yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. So, <laughs> so let's talk about those two crafts. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, I mean, you've you had a great career. Junior, you get drafted, you play in the American League, you grind it up, you play in the show. Now you win two crafts. How special 
yeah, I mean, how special were those two moments? And let's talk quickly about, you know, trap one and then trap two. Uh, well, I mean, winning's great. There's nothing better. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, 0-1 was awesome just because, you know, you had Patrick Waugh and Rob Blake and Adam Foote and Forsberg and Tackett and Drury and Hayduk and, you know, going down the line and, you know, especially because we traded for Ray Bork, and then the first year we didn't win. We lost in seven games in Dallas, and then Ray decided to come back uh, the next year. And it was awesome. So the whole thing about it was, you know, I went from Calgary where, or came from Calgary where, you know, you're just trying to make the playoffs. Like, oh, what's your goal? Well, your goal is win the Stanley Cup. Like, I feel this way anyway. I was like, so it's an NHL team. Like, your goal is win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. whether that's realistic or not. You know, who knows? But, like, you know, Vegas went pretty far as an expansion team. And, you know, in 04, Calgary went as an eighth seed. Edmonton went in 06 as the eighth seed or whatever. But uh, your goal is to win a cup, basically. And I, that was the beauty of going to uh, Colorado. It, it was, uh, you know, our goal is to win the cup. Mm-hmm. So we traded for Ray. Then, it, you know, he came back. And then going into camp that year was, uh, I mean, it was like for the start of the year, it was our goal is to finish first overall. So if we have a game seven, it'll be in our building, and anything else is, you know, basically unacceptable. It was great. Like so, the yeah. whole build up to it, and you know, we were primed to win the whole season, and you know, we had fun, and you know, had beers on the, you know, on the road, and had, you know, at home and stuff, and beers. And dinner, and, yeah. <clears throat> so it was great. Like, uh, so just even the way guys were, like, so you're, you're dealing with like the best players in the world, and there's some of the best guys, like you know, Forsberg and Jack and. Like, Rob Blake came from L.A. He was awesome. And, you know, Ray Bork was so good, too, because there was all this, all this pressure. And, you know, win one for Ray. And, you know, we got to win it for Ray. And he's like, screw that, man. He's like, win it for yourself. Yeah. He's like, you win it for yourself. He's like, my name will be right next to yours. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he was awesome. So, like, everything about it. And, you know, we're down 3-2 going into game six in Jersey. And we, you know, Ray gets stood up and gave a speech. And just, you know, we're winning this game, basically. We're gonna go. We're gonna win this game. We're gonna go back. And we're gonna win Game Seven. Like, let's go. Like the Braveheart kind of like, yeah, freedom. Like it was awesome. Like it was. So that was that whole experience was great. Just the pressure of it too was awesome. Like just they were there to win, and it was so the whole thing was was unbelievable. And then so that was great. Oh four was a little different. So like people always ask me like which one was better. I can't really say. Like, winning's winning. Like, I'm very lucky to have played. And very lucky to have won, and it's really hard to win. And uh, I just look at it where, like, in 2001, we had established uh, superstars, I, I would say. And, you know, you guys that, you know, obviously Ray Bork was in his last year. And, you know, like, we had established superstars. And in 2004, you know, I look at it, and we had guys that were, like, budding superstars. We had, like, Richards and McCallier and St. Louis and guys like that, Dan Boyle, they were kind of coming in their own. You know, they were good yeah. players that were becoming elite or great players. So, the 4 was, it was great. We just, like, we got our role and started winning and you know, won the first round and we won the second round. And my buddy, I remember my buddy Minnie was like, man, if you guys win the first round, you're going to play blah, blah, blah. And then you, line up, you, know, you match up good against them. And then I was like, oh, hey, you win the second round, then you're going to play Philly and you match up good against them. So, it was kind of funny. I had a stag stag up planned uh, in Vegas, so I had to keep moving it back. He's like, you might want to move it back. I think you guys can go to the finals. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, wow. 
So it was kind of uh, it was kind of unexpected to to be perfectly honest. But we were just a team that you know, we had good young players. We had good veteran guys like Sidor and Anderchuk and you know guys like that and uh, Kubina. I mean <clears throat> myself, I'll say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, keep it simple. That's what we did. We just kept it simple. But uh, so yeah, we just got hot and. You know, when Nikolai Happy Bowen was a uh, was a great, like he he was a great goalie, and so we just got kind of hot, and we got on a run, and you know, ended up winning. So it was uh, it was awesome, even you know, to play Calgary too. It was a couple guys I played with, like Stefan Yell and Gimla, and you know, obviously it was uh, it was hard seeing them lose, but you know, I wasn't going to lose and be be miserable. But um, yeah, it was great just playing Calgary too, and like just everyone booing you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, going back and stuff, and like it's, it's like so they had the red mile, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, the red mile!" And like Calgary fans, and Canadian fans are so passionate, and they're ripping on Florida. I'm like, "You guys are idiots!" Like, we would have twenty three thousand people at every game, yeah. in Tampa, and like, and it, what people don't understand is that like, so now like in, in Tampa, they're, they're second and third generation fans because their parents had had kids and they yeah. had grandparents and. But they're very knowledgeable people because then there's a lot of people from upstate New York and Ontario and Quebec yeah. and stuff that have moved to Florida. But like I remember like playing in '97 in Calgary, and, like, there was like 13,000 people in the game. Like mm-hmm. you were, we were very good, and that was like a lot of people remember that was kind of back when like there was, you know, the Canadian teams were struggling. Like Edmonton was getting bought, and like they had that ownership group before Cage came in, and like it was. Like, there was no one at the games. And then all of a sudden, we're in the finals, and everyone's like, oh, my God, look at these fans. They're so passionate. And yeah. I just remember going to games. Daryl said, order myself. We'd take a cab, like, because they're, like, you know, earlier than the bus. And I just, like, see all these fans are out drinking before the game. And I'm like, where, where, where the fuck were you guys back in 97? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Chuck, yeah, get off the chuck wagon. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, talk about hopping on the bandwagon. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. Uh, that was great, too. Like, I mean, just winning was Winning is great. Oh one was great. Oh four was was pretty awesome. And just, I mean, we had twenty thousand people on the plaza outside uh, for Game Seven too. So yeah. wow, it was great. Yeah. So it was just, I mean, to win so many things after you got to have a few bounces go your way, and you know, you got to stay healthy for the most part. But uh, yeah, they were both great experiences. I just think, again, I just look at it. In the two thousand one Colorado, we had. Established superstars, and uh, in 04, we just had young guys that were just becoming, you know, superstars, I would say. So, but mm-hmm. both, I mean, uh, great experiences, and obviously wouldn't change it for the world. Well, actually, I might tra- I trade one for like a 40 goal. <laughs> I can have a 40 goal season. Yeah, just yeah, one. In my, con- yeah. in my contract year, yeah, I might tra- <laughs> trade one. <'cause> yeah. <laughs> I might be retired. I wouldn't have to work on pay for, yeah. pay for youth hockey and diapers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris, when you were playing in Colorado, was Chris Drury wearing the black tux then still? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's still had those. Yeah, Drury's a great guy. He's so quiet. He's pretty yeah, he was, underestimated uh, forward. Hey, I thought I, I thought was I love that guy as a player. He was awesome. He uh, like he was a guy that did all the little things good, like face offs and he had a good shot, good pass, and whatever. I remember there was one little good story about him. Is like so Drew would never say anything. He was a super quiet guy, and <clears throat> Bob Harley was whatever, and he would just chirp all the time. And so there was one game we were playing Pittsburgh or something, and and Drew got scored on twice. And he's a prideful guy. I mean, like, he was a competitor, and he was just quiet. Like, he just didn't, you know, Adam Poe was a guy who just abused everyone verbally. And, you know, there was guys like that. They would talk a lot. You know, so Drew wouldn't say anything. There was a game. So, anyways, uh, he'd been scored on twice. And 
So Bob goes, hey, Drew, your line's up. Puts him out for defensive zone faceoff. And as Drew's skating on the ice, and skating away from the bench, and Bob says, go get the hat trick. Like under his breath. Yeah. And I go, oh, my God. Drew, to her, he turned around. He goes, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> and he was like, what? And he goes, hey, what did you just say to me? And he's like, uh, nothing. <laughs> and he's like, you got something to say? You have some balls and say it to my face. Oh, <laughs> and the like, guys were dying. And Bob was like, uh, I didn't know what to do. Because, like, Chris Jerry was so quiet. But I just, I love that about him, too. Because it's like, he was just such a stand-up, like, uh, honorable, you know, hardworking guy. And just so, oh, God, I just remember that one. And his Bob would, like, always chirp and say little things. And there was guys and tell him to shut the, you know, Mm-hmm. Shut the f up and stuff. So I just remember that about uh, so Jared. I love that. It's the fact that I wouldn't have. I would have been too scared to do that. But he turned around. <laughs> what did you just say? And Bob's like, ah, uh, nothing. That's funny. So. Yeah. So at, at the end of your career, there you played a couple years in Europe. What was that like? Uh, it was good. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, obviously, different lifestyle, different. Uh, Different game, but Sweden was Sweden was great. Denmark was okay. It was uh, not as good as Sweden. Just the weather was terrible. Mm-hmm. Just because it rained, it didn't even snow. Like it like rained and like just like sleet every day, and it was windy. And because we're kind of like by the ocean stuff, but uh, it was great. It was a good experience. Like both, like even like Denmark wasn't as good. It was. <clears throat> um, I mean, it was good. It was uh, you know, it was nice guys. I think I could, like I consider Sweden. It's kind of like the NHL, so they treated their, um, it's the way the guys like to work out and like work out before they practice and stuff, and like the dry land stuff was huge. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I like that part of it, but um, I mean, it was a good experience too. Like, I mean, I met a lot of good guys. Actually, I played when I was in Denmark. I played uh, one of my old weekend teammates, uh, Burke Henry. So he was. Uh, oh really? Yeah, Burke was a. Oh yeah, Burke was over there, so that was great. So I got to hang out with him a little bit. So he was a good guy. Uh, but it was uh, it was funny when I was in um, so I was in Denmark. We had this Finnish coach, and so he asked me one time, like we weren't doing good on faceoffs. He asked me one time, "Hey, Dinger, uh, Dinger, you, you take faceoff?" And I was like, "Sure." And he's like, "Okay, you go take faceoff." So I was like, I went and took the faceoff, and I won it. I took every defensive zone faceoff for the rest of the year. <laughs> so I was like, I was just like bullshit. I hadn't taken the faceoff in like I don't know, probably fifteen years, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I took every defensive zone face off, and it was great. But like, it, like it was great. It was good, and it was bad because it was like, I mean, I ended up playing like I was playing like forty three, twenty five minutes a night, and I was dying. Like, because even when you win a face off, you know, in your own end, or you win a claim, like you still got to play like fifteen or twenty seconds, give or take. You're you know, bolting to the go bench. <laughs> go oh send god, one. I was, yeah. I was, oh my god, I was double shifting. So it was good. They were like, I always joke around and say. You know, you always complain about ice time. Like in the NHL, I didn't, you know, I'd play my six to eight to ten minutes, and then on a good night, I might, I might hit 12. But uh, you always complain about not enough ice time. But I always say, like, there's such a thing as too much ice. So mm-hmm. when, I was in, when I was in Denmark, I had too much ice. <laughs> games, I was getting on a bus, my legs were cramping. I'm like, oh, my God, give me a pee light. I'm cramping here. I'm dying. So, But it was good. It was fun. It was uh just a different experience uh, just to go play over there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even the first game I played, like it took me my first game in Sweden, it took me three days to get there. Cause I flew from Tampa to Chicago and there was a, like a major storm. So I missed my, 
I missed my connection. I spent the night frigging in the in the airport in Chicago, and then <laughs> went Chicago to London Heathrow. Spent eight hours there. Oh boy! And then went from there to Copenhagen, and then Copenhagen to no, where did I go? Heathrow. I don't know. Yeah, no, that was, sorry, <laughs> that was going to no, that was going to Denmark. So yeah, when Heathrow to Copenhagen, Copenhagen to Alborg, and so it literally took me like two and a half days to get there. That's yeah, that's too many layovers uh, for me. <laughs> oh my god, it was brutal. But I was like, oh, we got a game night. So I got in at like two o'clock, and he's like, oh yeah, it's great. We got a game night. You can play. And I'm like, well, my equipment, my equipment didn't make it on the first flight. He's like, oh, we're checking on. It. So you know, if we get your equipment, you're gonna play. I'm like, oh my god, do yeah. not find my equipment today. <laughs> so, like I was dying. Straight off the plane, hey, offer, getting dressed. Oh my god, I was like, yeah, you want to talk about like freaking bus legs? Like, yeah. That was miserable. So it was like they're like, oh, the guy calls me like four o'clock at GM. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, great news, man. We we just got your equipment, so you can play. And I was like, oh, Jesus, God. <laughs> give me some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so, I ended up playing. I got an assist. It was okay, but I was like, oh my God, <clears throat> I was dying. So, but yeah, it was a good experience. So mm-hmm. it was like there's uh, <clears throat> good guys and. Uh, so it was fun. I mean, I'm glad I did it. Uh, uh, just to just understand even uh, different cultures and even, like, you know, just the buildings and stuff and, uh, you know, all of it. Just, like, Swedish people are great people and, you know, it's beautiful there and like, people are super nice and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of it. It was great. It was just a good experience just to be able to play in, you know, different parts of the country or different countries. Yeah. <laughs> Not different parts of the country. <laughs> different parts, yeah. We had it, yeah. Different countries, <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty neat. Even, uh, like, so when, even we went to one year, we went to the Continental Company, which was in uh, Latvia, which was pretty cool to, you know, go there and stuff. And just like we played a team from like Mongolia, which was crazy. So Holy. it was, uh, yeah, stuff you never think you'd do. So it was a good experience. <laughs> uh, the only thing it was like uh, the whole washer and dryer thing over there, just I wasn't a big fan of because. It literally takes like two and a half hours to do a load of what? laundry. What? Yeah, the What's the difference? Like two of, uh, one's a washer, one's a dryer. <laughs> nice one, Rev. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, they're, they're super efficient. So I don't know, like they're, a lot of stuff in Europe is, uh, like even in Sweden, like they don't put, they don't put really put preservatives in the food. So you, you literally got to go to the grocery store like every second or third day, which oh, is yeah. great. You eat super yeah. healthy, but. For sure. But like, so yeah, like the washers and dryers are, so the washers are tiny. And they're like super eco friendly or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, like a load of laundry, literally like the like the short wash was an hour and a half. So there was one time when my kid was sick and my wife was sick and God, I was like doing laundry and it take you, oh my God, it took forever. So <laughs> I don't miss that. That's one thing I don't, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do again. I could do the old washer dryer thing because I'm all... I'm all for my short wash. When you get home, you fire on the washer for 25 minutes, and away you go. Yeah, exactly. Bring my wheelhouse. All right, Chris. So, and hey, what's your nickname? Dinger? Is it Dinger? Yeah. It is? Okay, Dinger. Let's talk some golf here. Do you golf? First off, question here. Do you golf? I used to. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Okay, well, let's chat about your golf game then. Sure, it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Mine does too, so. (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh, I used to play a ton. Uh, so when I was in Tampa, I lived in a neighborhood, a community, I guess. Like, they're everywhere. So, <clears throat> um, But, yeah, I used to play, God, probably three, four days a week. And then in the summers, I would play 
you know, I come back to Edmonton. I was a member of the country club, and so I come back and I literally play like five days a week and train and work out, and then go tee off at like twelve thirty every day. And um, but yeah, so I uh, used to play a lot, and I played probably twice in the last two years. So why is that? They get a lot of usage. Uh, youth hockey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is you talking. I'm like, all right, see you, dude. <laughs> no, 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 you, you talking. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Youth hockey, two kids, two kids playing hockey. So yeah, it's busy. I got two boys that play. Uh, so my oldest is a second year Bantam, and then um, my I used to say my youngest, but I got a baby girl, so I have a nine month old now, baby girl. Nice. But, uh, Congrats. So my two, yeah. So my one, my oldest boy is a second year Bantam, and then uh, my middle child, my youngest boy, he's a second year Pee Wee. So. Yeah, I was at a rink basically last two years, probably six days a week. So, oh, yeah, I feel you. And then, you know, the spring mm-hmm. hockey too. So both boys played uh, played spring hockey. So, <clears throat> like last um, last spring, I was traveling quite a bit with uh, my youngest boy, my middle child. I got to get used to saying that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were all over, man. We were in Vancouver, Winnipeg, Calgary. Yeah, it's just driving everywhere. So, yeah, not a lot of time for golf, but I do enjoy it. But I just, uh, I used to be pretty decent. Um, but now I'm a good, I'd be good, uh, I'm a good scramble player. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, when yeah, you we were, can't rely on my every shot. So, when you were playing lots, like, what was your handicap? What were you shooting? Uh, usually the 80s, like mid 80s, probably low mid 80s. So, I was a good, uh, let's, how do I put this? I could make money because I was uh, usually about. Plus, you're a sandbagger. Like, no, God, no, not even close. <clears throat> no, couldn't do it. Uh, I was usually about seven or eight handicap. But I, I, a couple times I got down to like a four or five. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I was usually like a seven or eight just because, you know, I could make birdies, um, make eagles, whatever. But uh, how do I put this properly? Not a lot of good course management sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain yeah. holes you play and you. But, you're like, okay, I can get there in two, or I can hit over the water, and yeah, you know, then you're like, you dump two into the pond, and you take a couple, you know, so it every sounds, round, I take, you know, take a couple doubles, or you know, sounds like my sounds like my game, uh, no consistency at all. <laughs> yeah, well, things you don't learn too, even so, they just pretty neat, like living in Tampa. So I played a ton of programs, which were, you know, they're fun, but it's like six hours, and like the poor PGA guys are got to play, and I'm like, God. But the one year I got to play with uh, Sean McKeel, who's PGA champion, and he was uh, he was a good guy. His caddy was a really good guy. So just like talking to him, I was asking him all these questions about uh, playing out of bunkers or playing, you know, this and that. There was a part five where like I'm hit, I'm in chief, and he's in, you know, he's in the rescue, and I'm like, well, I said to him like, hey, can I ask you a question? He's like, sure. And I was like, like what's up with the rescue club? <laughs> like, it's part five, you know, whatever. And he's like. Well, here's why. He's like, I'll hit rescue, rescue, and I'll hit to, you know, uh, 100, 100 yards. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, why don't you go for it? And he's like, well, here's why. Because he's like, I hit to, you know, 100. He goes, I'm going to give myself a full wedge. I know I'm making birdie or par. He's like, I go for it. I plug in the sand or whatever. I'm bringing, like, bogey or double bogey into play. And I was like, huh. Well, that kind of makes sense. And he's like, yeah, the biggest, you know, the biggest mistake or – you know, the, the biggest thing uh, like amateur golfers like do or whatever is they don't give themselves a full wedge. So he's like, <clears throat> you know, I practice a shit ton. 
<clears throat> and you know, even I have a hard time hitting a half wedge or a three quarter wedge or whatever. Yeah. So imagine, so you know, imagine a amateur golfer, you know, like guys desell all the time, or you hood it, or <laughs> you pick it clean, or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. So I tried after playing with him. I tried to uh, try to incorporate that into my game a little bit, but uh, yeah, it didn't always work. I like uh, I really like going for par fives and two. So <laughs> oh, me too. You know what layups are oh, for? Lift- They're for basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. So, Chris, who are some of the guys? I mean, you just mentioned like alumni tournaments. Guys, you get to play with like some, you know, like celebrities, PGA guys. You mentioned one off the top there, but who are some guys you get to play with that are like just beauties or assholes? Golfers or like yeah, or celebs or yeah. Um. Well, man, I played with quite a few guys. So most guys are. Most guys are pretty good guys. Like so, play the guys from Godsmack and Stain. They're good guys. Um, well, three of the man guys are nice, super nice guys. Uh, played with Ron Jeremy one year at Vince Neil's golf tournament. So he was uh, he was an interesting human being. So was a very good golfer, but uh, he was more about uh, hanging out and every girl wanted to meet him, and he was just greasy, like just. Slick hair showed up wearing like Adidas track pants and a t-shirt, and I'm like, okay, I don't think this guy's got a really good handicap, but whatever. So he was, uh, he was interesting. He was a good guy though, but it was a little different. And like every girl wanted to meet him, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy's just. <laughs> so um, yeah, like him, uh, Vince Steele, uh, played with him one year. So he was a character. Let's just say that. Yeah. So every other year he was either on the wagon, he was sober or not. So <laughs> years he was drinking was it was uh, a lot more fun. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, played uh, who else? Played a Vinny Testaverde a few times. He was a really good guy. Um, which is neat about him too, because like so Vinny Testaverde, like the last four or five years of his career, he would call him off his couch like midway through the year. You know what I mean? Four or five games in a year. NFL season, like a team would be having troubles, and so like we, you know, I got to know him a little bit, and we were playing golf kind of frequently, and it was like, oh, you gonna play this year? He's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? As the season started, he's like, yeah, I got a couple more weeks yet. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I'll get the call. Like, you know, basically, like he knew, like, and he was like, he kept himself in good shape, and he was a, you know, a good veteran guy, but he played an extra. God, he like he even said he goes. I probably played like an extra five six years. I shouldn't have played just because. Time you know, I was a good guy. Yeah, no, he's just saying he was like he's like he was a good guy, and you know teams knew they'd always give like their, you know their young guy they give him a chance, and when it wasn't working out or someone got hurt, they knew they could call him and they knew exactly what they're getting. So even get yeah, so it was pretty neat uh, getting to play with him too. Just knowing, and I sure enough we were golfing, and like two weeks later, he was playing in the NFL. So, I like well. to think I had a little part in him getting back to the NFL, but uh, <laughs> I really didn't. So, <laughs> all right, let's move into our segment called "Questions from the Gallery," sponsored by Player Golf. Be sure to use the promo code Off the Hosel twenty for twenty percent off of your orders. That's Off the Hosel twenty for twenty percent off of your orders. Be a player. All righty, Dinger. First NHL fight. Who's it against? Stu Grimson. Ooh. The Reaper? Yeah. And? Did you win? Didn't go very well. <laughs> <laughs> did, he, did he split you open? Couldn't hear out of my ear for like three days. 
Oh, wow. Well, they got water in my ear, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next question. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do a second NHL fight then. Oh, I don't even know. He's like Joey Coaster. Can't even tell you. Can't even tell you. No, I never fought him, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Well, the best one was Probert. You fought Probes? Uh, yeah, five times. Oh, so he was, uh, yeah, I got called up and played a minute and 52 seconds to fought him twice. Oh. <laughs> and I got set back up. down after, right after. One, two cups, though. Huh? You won yeah, two cups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. So yeah, that was that was a little intimidating. They they, they, uh, they put me on the ice or hardly put me out there. And uh, God, who's their coach? Uh, Mulliken, Warren Mulliken. Remember he was. Uh, oh yeah, Mooner. Coach. I'm Sasky. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, Sasky. Yeah. So he was uh, he was a coach for the Blades back when I was playing junior. Yeah. So he uh, yeah he put Probsy or Proby out against me. Don't line up and he. Comes out and lines up next to me and goes, "Hey, coach, said you're here to give me a try." And I was like, "No, but if you want to go, we can go." And he's like, "You sure?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> I feel like I'm telling that story because people are like, "Really?" He asked you, and I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I thought that was kind of nice." And he was like, "Did he let me like think about it?" You know, <laughs> coach said you out here to fight. No, but if you want to go, we can go. And he's like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. Hey, right, why not? <laughs> so I just, uh, I, I don't know. I just thought that, like, yeah. I just love that. Dude. He mm-hmm. was like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> so he gave me, he gave me a chance to uh, yeah. think about my answer and see if I wanted to change it. So <laughs> I appreciated that. <laughs> um, who was the funniest guy you played with? Funniest guy? Yeah. Oh, Andre Wah, burn on. Andre Wah. He's a beauty. Huh. Andre Wah. Yeah, he. Uh, no filter. Uh, Straight up. Oh, just a, just a French guy. Just like just half was in French, half was in English. <laughs> like he just chirped guys the whole time, and <clears throat> like we, God, we were playing one time. We played. Uh, <clears throat> we played at home. We played Ottawa, and we got smoked. But the uh, the owner was in town, Mister Davidson, who. You know, he passed away, and he was two owners ago. So before uh, before uh, Oren Cools and Len Barry bought the team, uh, he was the owner. Anyways, so he comes to town, and, you know, he lives in Detroit or whatever, but he, he comes into town, and he meets the – so they bring him in the locker room for the game, and, you know, he comes in or whatever. We, you know, meets all the guys, whatever. We get pounded, like, 5-1 or 5-2. And so Torrance was pissed, and he's like – I don't care who it is. No one's coming in the locker room before the game ever again. This is bullshit, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, like when you get pounded at home, you kind of, you know, you kind of like whole hum at practice the next day. You're not really like loud and celebrating and messing around. So next day, like, so we had this guy Skitov, uh, his first rounder, Alexander Skitov. And so Andre was talking about the Russian anthem and like trying to learn it. So he's like, hey, you know, can you bring it? Can you bring it on the, can you bring it on DVD, uh, CD? Can you bring it? And so Andre, <laughs> So he brings it in, and like so, we get pounded the next day. Practice. So Andre's got the Russian national anthem playing. He's standing in the middle of the room, saluting. He's like, <laughs> So like, literally like blaring, and then torch comes flying in and <laughs> pushes the button and grabs it. You know, grabs the CD and snaps it. Turn that fucking shit off. And, 
So I was, uh, yeah. Well, he's like, what? What's the problem, man? Like, Jesus, like, what's the big deal? And I'm like, Jesus, I'm like, <laughs> So you do it after a win, man. Like, mm-hmm. And then we went out for practice and got one of the stickers. Like, you know, they have all the digital stuff down at the rinks. But, like, so back when they had the stickers or whatever, one of there was a advertisement that was coming off. And so he grabbed it and, like, taped it to the back of his jersey like a cape and was wheeling around. So. <laughs> yeah, he was... Uh, he was a beauty. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I don't know if you ever heard the story. He, uh, so we had, uh, yeah, he talked about this. On, uh, he did a podcast too or something. And so we would lost game six. Yeah, it was like it was game six to Philly in overtime. And we're getting, we get on the plane and so we got to fly back to Tampa for game seven. Guys are all upset and whatever. So one of the stewardesses, she ended like, I don't know if she's eating or something, but like we're taking, as we're taking off, you hear this like, fun. And like, oh my God, like, so what happened? Like, oh, Mary Faye went down. So, so the stewardess like passed out. So the doctors all rushed in the back of the plane. It's like, she's okay. She had like heat exhaustion or something or whatever. So mm. we're all trying to help out, like serve food. So we're like, okay, what do you want? Like chicken marsala or whatever. So Andre's got to take everything to the next level. So like, why is he like put a apron on? <laughs> and like, he's like, okay. And they're like, well, Dude, you know, take your pants off, dude. I'm like, no. He's <laughs> like, everyone like not thinking they would do it. Well, sure enough, like he gears down, like no pants, no underwear, and a, in an apron, <laughs> serving all the boys. So he's like, oh, you want chicken my style? You want beef tips? Whatever. So he was like, <laughs> he went up and he served the coaches too, and it was perfect because you know we needed a little levity because we just lost mm. a pretty disappointing game. But God, guys were dying. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> what was first time I ever seen that? <laughs> Service with a smile by Andre Law. Yeah. Um, what was that like playing for Torts? Any good Ooh, stories? Uh, yeah, Torts was good. I mean, uh, I did score two goals in two games, and he shot me out for 11th Street. <laughs> a lot more speed in the lineup. So I guess in that sense, it wasn't uh, – that wasn't great. But, uh, yeah, Torts was good. Like, he, whether you – you know, I kind of look at it where could he have played me more? Yeah. Could he play me less, maybe, but uh, like in the playoffs, I always played, and I knew I was going to play because I was, you know, responsible defensively. I'd block shots, I'd get it, I'd get it in. So, you know, Torts was good. Like, he's a perfect motivator. Like, even, you know, like last year against Tampa, like us against the world. And mm-hmm. so he was great. He was, you know, like even when we played Philly, like there was a couple games where Javi Bullen was just awful. And he started that fight with Hitchcock where Hitchcock was yelling at something. And so Torts turned into this whole thing where, like, he was yelling at our players. And, like, I didn't think Hitch, Hitch wasn't even yelling at any of our guys, I don't think. But Torts just, like, spun it. So he's like, you know, shut your yap and don't talk to my players. So then, like, it was perfect manipulation because, like, no one was talking about the fact that, like, Abby Bullen and we just lost, like, I don't know, 5-2 or I don't know what or something like that. And Abby Bullen let in, like, four or five goals on 20 shots or something, like, was not good. But no one was talking about that. The front, front page of the Philadelphia Inquirer or Post or whatever newspapers in Philly was, yo, Torch, show your yap. <laughs> they got in front. <laughs> so he was, like, perfect. Like, so no one even, uh, you know, no one was even talking about the fact that Abby Bowen wasn't playing well. They were too busy yelling at Torch and calling him, uh, you know, this and that, whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he was uh, he's a fiery guy. He's mellowed, I think, a little bit. But uh, the thing I appreciate about Torch, so I always say this, is that, like, he'd shoot on everyone equally. Like, it didn't yeah. matter. Like, he would yell at Vinny. He would yell at Richie. Like, first-line guy, fourth-line guy. Didn't matter. Like, if you mm. were playing good, he was up your ass. So, mm. I, I did appreciate that about him. Yeah. My other coaches, like like Bob Hurley, would 
you know, scream at me or Dan Hino or somebody and then like wouldn't say a word to Forsberg or Sackage or whatever. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So I did appreciate that about uh, Torts. Mm-hmm. Very uh, fiery individual. Let's just say he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed every day. Yeah, exactly. Or six out of seven days. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't like, not a big fan of the media either, holy. Oh, yeah, but even that, so all that stuff too, like a lot of that, uh, like he plays, he's really good at using the media. So all that stuff in New York, like when you go back and forth with Brooks or Brooksy, whatever you call yeah. him, like, yeah. a lot of that stuff is, like he's, he's a master manipulator using the media. So a lot of that is, I mean, he just didn't like Brooks at all because he's a dick, whatever. That, mm-hmm. like, there's other stuff, but like, because even like Dan Boyle, like, didn't like him. Yeah. You know, whatever. But <clears throat> yeah, he, uh, you know, he's doing his thing. So he uses the media to mm-hmm. his advantage. You know, like with smart coaches, will, you know, you'll plan a seed, like, about, you know, what this wasn't called or this was a missed call or whatever. So he's like, I think he's, you know, he's one of those coaches who's really good at uh, using the media mm-hmm. to his uh, his helping, I guess, or his team, to help his team out. Yeah. So there, pregame meal and postgame meal. Uh, for a while there was like, uh, I was doing sushi, which was pretty good, but uh, chicken parm, got a lot of chicken Oh, parm. yeah. I miss that. So I don't know if that was really my go-to, but you know, it was... Little chicken, little pasta, post game meal. Uh, I don't know, burger. Do. <laughs> yeah, depends. Depends where we're going. Mm-hmm. I do love like if I go to an Earl's. So like we, there was one in Denver we go to all the time. So I'd always get to, like I'd always get the dry ribs and then the uh, shrimp tempura or whatever you know the dynamite rolls. Yeah. So, there you go. That could be my post game meal. Let's go with that. <laughs> it's not a bad choice. Um, what's your favorite adult beverage? Adult <laughs> beverage. Oh, beer. Yeah. Bud Light or Coors Light. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, we're a Molson podcast, so perfect. Yeah, they sponsor us, so. Oh, <laughs> Good plug there. <laughs> hey, I'll take a Molson Canadian. Perfect, yeah. I'll send one in the mail. Any day, <laughs> any day of the week. Yeah. Ice cold Molson Canadian. Although, sure. you know what I'll take? You know what's real? It's like really good, only in the bottle is Pilsner. Yeah. It's not, yeah, beer's just better out of any bottle, I find, no matter no matter the beer, but, yeah. As long as it's cold. Exactly. Yeah, draft beer, good, good draft beer, good light <laughs> oh, yeah. draft beer. I'm oh, thirsty. <laughs> okay, last one here, I think, unless the Reverend has one more for you, but uh, if you could fight one more guy today, who would it be? Oh, if I could fight one more guy. Hmm. It's a tough one. Sure. Oh, yeah, that, nice. Yeah, I didn't. I hate. It. I didn't like playing against him. He was. Yeah, I like to just. Yeah, try him. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Dan? No, I think I'm good. Okay, well, Daniel, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate it. And when we come down to Edmonton, I know that'll happen here. Uh, I golf with the Royal Regina, so we'll we'll get a we'll play the Royal Mayfair. Or is that what it's called in Edmonton? The Royal. I, mean, I don't know what the hell the club's called there, yeah, but. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll take you out and go play some golf. Cool. Awesome. Appreciate okay. it. Okay, man. Thanks again. Take yeah, care. Thank you. No problem. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Hi, Troy Koser from Off the Hosel. Are you tired of having the same problems year by year? Dustin Felsky with Precise Accounting and Consulting is here to help. We can help you with your tax solutions, fix cash flow issues, reduce costs of business, 
and give back the time you need to increase your business potential. Whether you're self-employed or running a large business, Dustin with Precise Accounting Consulting will have solutions that will fit your needs to grow your business. Precise Accounting Consulting has been serving Pence and surrounding areas for the past four years. For more information, visit Precise Accounting on Facebook or www.paac.ca. Alrighty, there it is, the interview with Chris Dingman. Wow, I had a lot of fun with that one. Chris, um, yeah, good stories about playing the NHL. Talks about what he's doing after hockey. And his golf game, some people he had to play golf with. I mean, I can't remember all the guys' names, but I'm pretty sure one of them was Ron Jeremy. Um, I don't know who that is, really. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. No? I've heard the name. Okay. Um, I wanted to uh, tell... The Reverend there, he did a hell of a job stepping in for me, so thanks, Danny. Yeah, Reverend Dan came in and just acted a little natural. So, good podcast with uh, Chris Dingman. Um, yeah, thanks again, Chris, for coming on the show. I hope everyone enjoyed that one. Um, recording later this week with, um, he just won the senior men's am, I believe, last week, uh, Rick Hallberg uh, out of Weyburn and slash Kenosi. So we'll have him on and make sure you get your questions for that one because that should be a very good interview. Yeah. So uh, thoughts, Troy? Yeah. No. I, like again, I wanted to say you guys did a hell of a job with that uh, interview with Chris. It was uh, it was good. I uh, I had the joys of watching him as a youngster when he used to play for Brandon back when I used to be the uh, Wheaties. Yeah. We used to go to Pat's games and hang out and you know do fun stuff at the Agrodome the under the orange top. At <laughs> what? Yeah. You I did know. fun things. D. The old Pat games. Did you play mini sticks between periods or what? Well, no, I wasn't that young. Oh, okay. Uh, looking forward to this upcoming week. I mean, we got the PGA Championship, which I know we talked about. Uh, before we get there, I just want to plug our social media handles. Again, Facebook's Off The Hosel. Twitter and Instagram is at underscore Off The Hosel. Go over there, like us, share, comment, tag, love, retweet, tweet, add to your story, do whatever makes you feel good. If you don't like us, cool. Send us messages. We don't care. If you like us, send us messages. We like those better. Just to let you know, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Always a pleasure. I hope everyone has a great week. Troy, like I said, always a pleasure doing this with you. So Likewise. Peace. Sayonara, Troy. Vicegolf.com. Check them out. See Abe, you guys. Abe's winning this week. Have a great uh, week, weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy the hockey. Yeah, peace. See you guys. Love you. Abe, hey. I'm hoping for Abe, but it could be more Kawa's time. I, I think he's there. I just hope on Sunday it's Jordan Speed for his Grand Slam. Well, at 1,020 bucks, I hope you're, uh, I hope you're right. I will be very happy. Anyways, Troy. See ya. Oh, by the way, happy Saskatchewan Day on Monday. Whatever. See you guys. <laughs>